0: Welcome Aboard the battleship pretension, I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening, David. Yes, I'm sorry for being so loud. Do you need me to quiet it down because you're you got a headache? And, no, and no, no, can't. no. Okay, so you're you're at 110 percent. Yeah, you're you're powering through, as they say. Yep, all right, that's very exciting.
1: Hot take. I'm doing great. Oh, oh, all right. This I'm time, stamping this episode, <laughs> it won't come out for four days, but uh, film Twitter. Okay, Tyler, are you on film Twitter? I think so, apparently. I don't know if I am or not. Yeah. Um. I, what I want is someone to publish like the definitive list. Like, Ooh. here's the people you need to follow to be on film Twitter.
0: Yeah, but if you and I aren't on that list, I'm going to feel really bad.
1: I don't know. I'd be okay with it. <laughs> um,
0: it's hard to know anyway. which, which of my accounts would be on film Twitter, because my More Than One Lesson account, which has been around longer, okay. and for a while was my only account, that one has like 400 more so, uh, followers than my BP account.
1: Now... Um, the question of as to whether or not you're on Christian Film Twitter is there's no question because I think you are you are Christian Film Twitter. <laughs> uh,
0: I think there's maybe four other accounts okay. that have come about in the last. Uh, no, that's not uh, true. It is it is its own little. Th- there's just two different uh, strains of Christian Film Twitter. Oh, and there are many there's, many different strains yeah. of.
1: Film Twitter, but yeah. film Twitter in general blew up tonight with hot okay. takes. Uh, so if anyone's wondering when when we recorded this, it's post hot take meltdown.
0: What would you say your hottest take is like for for real?
1: Um, uh, I I don't know. Uh, my hottest my hottest film. Yeah. Take? Well, let's you know what? Let's put a pin in that. Okay, let's pay some bills.
0: Yep, and I want to get our guests hot. No ticks. question about it. So while we're doing the ads, you can think about uh, your hottest take <laughs> because I, I asked, and I don't think I have one. So I'm going to have to totally Here's what zone I know out. I'm going to do what's up,
1: and I've seen this opinion voiced a few times in this melee tonight, Um and I, I agree with way too many. Way too often, people's default when they're, when they're giving a hot take is to be negative about something. To say like yeah. this thing you like. It's not that good. Yeah, okay. Um, which is kind of what I do all day, any day. So I'm being a, every day, I'm being sure. a hypocrite right now. But I feel like the best hot takes are like this thing
0: everybody doesn't like is yeah. great. It's better than you think. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Cloud
0: Atlas, masterpiece. Do you actually think it's a masterpiece, though?
1: I think it's uh, a movie that I will never stop watching or talking about. I don't know if it's a masterpiece, but I could watch it as easily as I could watch an uh, episode of the Simpsons or something. It's like, it's so beautiful and easy to me and heartwarming. It is. I've said, said recently in an episode that won't go up for a while that I Uh, do think it's like the most uplifting movie of all time. It's like, it's like cloud Atlas. Then it's a wonderful life or whatever for me. Like it's a movie that is guaranteed to lift my spirits and make me feel better about humanity. Um, and I
0: Clearly, think it's, you are uh, not interpreting Shortcuts the right way.
1: <laughs> yeah, Shortcuts is a mean movie. Um, you know what else I love? And I, you know this. Yeah. You haven't seen it. Okay. Again, we'll get our guests. When our guests is allowed to talk, we'll uh, get her opinion on this. But uh, Francis Lawrence's Constantine.
0: Yeah, I know that. Un- underrated movie. See, and let me ask you this. You know what, I'll, I'll save that question for Alright, let's pay, let's pay some yeah. bills. Alright everybody, this episode, which I have to assume so far you've been loving uh, is brought to you by Mubi hot a curated takes. online, <laughs> hot take everyone, Mubi <laughs> uh, is a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent international and classic films Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title and you have 30 days to watch it, that means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy all for only five ninety nine a month Plus, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Now, here here we go uh, somewhere you know somewhere there's a, a hot take going on about this film currently showing a movie is Steven Soderbergh's full frontal the essence of his one for me one for them philosophy an offbeat skewering of Hollywood that polarized critics and audiences. Full Frontal features a number of cameos, including Julia Roberts and David Fincher. This film are, and others are available at Mubi right now. And there's also a special offer for listeners of Battleship Pretension. You can try Mubi free for a month. Just go to Mubi.com. That's M-U-B-I dot com slash Battleship to redeem now. Did you see Full Frontal? I did not. Okay. I, had heard, I remember enjoying it. Me add uh, I added in the comment that it's polarized because I know people that l- that really like it and people that absolutely yeah, I, hate. it. I guess
1: it. I'm hot take. I'm in the middle. Okay, um, but I do know that it has the best part is that <laughs> if I remember correctly, Jeff Garland plays Harvey Weinstein. But I don't. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> might be yeah, the thing where they don't actually say that it's Harvey Weinstein, but it's clearly supposed to be. Okay, but it's mostly just Jeff Garland being Jeff Garland because they're at like some like fundraiser or something or awards dinner or something, and they're playing the game of like. Mm-hmm. Your pet and the street you grew up on is like your porn name, right, or whatever. And he's like, uh, actually, mine would be Baron von Hugecock. <laughs> My <laughs> dog's name is Baron. I grew up on von Hugecock Blame. Um, I always find that very funny. Uh, um, you know, you know what's in the news this week? What's that? Tyler, headphones.
0: Oh um, boy! Yeah, it sure is. I actually was going to email uh, our sponsor about what about his take on that.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, uh, on Yeah, that. <laughs> I can't wait to find out Bruce's hot take. On these AirPods. Uh, but until then, while you're still yeah. a normal person like the rest of us, uh, and you want good-sounding earbuds uh, in a, that, that, that look great and sound great and come in a variety of styles and colors, the place for you to go is tweakedaudio.com. When you go to tweakedaudio.com, you'll find all these great, great earbuds uh, that Tyler and I uh, endorse, stand by, we use sure. each and every day of our lives. Uh, you find them at a low, low price. But if you use the offer code pretension, When you get to checkout, you get one-third off that low, low price, and no shipping charges. So go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension.
0: Now, before we get into our hot takes, uh, I do want to remind everybody that our zombie commentary is still available for sale. We're not calling them zombentaries or zombentaries? Was that a question that we asked before? Because this is the first I'm hearing of it. Did you dream a conversation that you and I had? <laughs>
1: no, what I'm saying is it just seems weird to me that we've said zombie commentary so many times. Zombentaries? Yeah. All right. Zombentaries. It's not like me to leave a portmanteau on the table like that.
0: No, I hear you. I try to do it every, every time I can to the point that I'll do it mentally and then do it poorly and get angry at myself uh, and then be like, thank God I didn't say that out loud. Um,
1: but yes, our zombie commentaries, um, we say zombie, but these are uh, a pretty specific subset yeah. of zombie films. Where, uh, we watched back to back to back um, the um, three first three George Romero uh, zombie movies. That's right. Night of the Living Dead, 19... 19- 68 right dawn of the dead 1978 78. and day of the dead 1985 that's correct and then we watched Zack snyder's dawn of the dead that's right 2004? 2004 2004 2004
0: yeah. uh and we, we call them. it we call them zombie commentaries even though you will not hear the word zombie in them which is interesting
1: in those movies
0: in those movies yes, you, yes.
1: we will definitely in the commentaries <laughs> oh, <yeah>. themselves we <laughs> say zombie a lot
0: yeah i'd say so um, um but yeah so the each of them are uh, $3 or we would suggest you buy all of them for 10 and uh watch them all in a row so that you can first off cuz we say a lot of jokes and they just keep coming back over and over again like zombies themselves uh uh-huh. they don't die uh-huh. and uh and then uh, David and I just get punchier and punchier as the evening goes on
1: Yeah it's so. a, it's a fun time those that are available and it's a, it's a it's a way to support the show that yeah. isn't uh it isn't like homework or a sacrifice. You can get yeah. something for supporting the show. We're not one of these podcasts who's asking you to like, oh, donate. You know, get a, a what's a uh, I don't know what's patron. What's it called? Patron? It's like a tequila thing. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> um, people have like a patron account. Um, oh,
0: I see what you mean.
1: Uh, and I think you're it's being, just like you're being cute. I yeah, guess. it's like give me money to buy tequila. I think exactly. yeah, something is, like that. Uh, we're not one of those podcasts. We're not. Right. We'll buy our own tequila, sure. but you can buy some commentaries and have a good time. That's right. And
0: I will say this we I I do try. I try to keep as many of our guests on the commentary secret, but people have been responding uh, very enthusiastically. I will throw. Uh, I'll throw a, f- a couple names out there. Uh-huh. Uh, Rodney Asher.
1: Rodney Asher, director of Room Two Thirty Seven and The Nightmare. That's
0: right. And then uh, Dallas Hallam, co-director of uh, Entrance. Entrance. So yeah. there's a uh, our fr- friend of the show, Jason Eakin, is there. Uh, Kristen Sales uh, yeah. is a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, Jason's
1: not there alone. Don't worry. Wait, like, what do you mean? I'm saying we're tr- trying to entice people here.
0: People like Jason way more than I do at this point. Uh, it, it astonishes me that uh, he has as many fans as he does. People yeah. are always excited when he comes on the show. Yeah, but uh, that's weird.
1: But Chris, do you think Jason just has a lot of fake Twitter accounts? It's possible. And he's like, hey, I love that that Eakin guy is back. I, <laughs> I have him on. I moment.
0: won't rule it out. Uh, but yeah, Kristen Sales is on there. Uh, and a lot. Yeah. I, I was, I, Thankfully. I said this uh, last week, due to a uh, scheduling snafu on my part, uh, the, Kristen is hanging out for a while. Yeah. And, and, uh, and that and was- created a, a delightful atmosphere uh, yeah. in the room. So, yeah. uh, so check those out, and, and it helps support the show, and, and you guys will enjoy them, enjoy them quite a bit.
1: Okay. Now, let's get into it, shall we? All let's right. Let's introduce our guest. Okay. Um, she's been on uh, the podcast before. She's been on a commentary uh, wh- marathon before. I think,
0: I think Lord of the Rings, right? Uh, Lord yeah. of
1: the Rings, yeah. Um, she uh, currently works for a very secretive uh, tech company. <laughs> that's located based in Santa Monica uh, in a villain's lair um, <laughs> under the pier. Um, uh, everybody, welcome back. Uh, Amanda Manke.
2: Hello, that's me. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you guys doing?
1: I'm doing great. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I'm very eager to hear people's positive hot takes.
2: I have a couple hot takes, okay. and I also wrote down some other hot takes while your guys' other hot takes were going on. Oh okay. my gosh. Okay. Good. I have several layers. Um, the worst interview I ever had probably was with James Spader uh-huh. when I asked him about his dog porn name thing, and he said, he was silent for probably a minute, and I said, hello? And he said, I would never defame my dog's good name and the memory of that sweet animal by putting them into some kind of. And I was like, all right, I I get it. And he was like, this is over and like didn't want to talk anymore. So that was a great time with James Spader on the phone. Wow. Wow. Do you think he was just fucking with you? Oh, no. No. He okay. was mad. Wow! Like annoyed. It was for Lincoln too, and I was like, nobody wants to talk to you anyway. Just to humor me here.
0: <laughs> Although I do, I do think he's my favorite part of Lincoln. Really? Yeah. Thank
2: goodness. Uh, another hot take I had is that Soderberg, at his most Soderbergy, would be Bubble,
1: which I never saw.
2: See. Super Soderberghy.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I haven't see. I didn't see it either. So I guess there is
2: that. It's about people who work at a doll factory and make dolls.
0: Yes. I, oh, I can picture the cover. It's sure. very disturbing.
2: It's, yeah, the movie is pretty pretty Soderberghy. Okay. Um, my most important hot take, I would say, is definitely. Donnie Darko is and always has been an A-plus amazing movie. And I feel like people are just now coming back to it because of the recent Austin screening where uh, they showed that and they showed Southland Tales and Richard Kelly was there. Okay. People were tweeting all kinds of hot takes about it, but uh, it's always has been great. So.
1: Yeah, uh, I, I can't really. I feel like Donnie Darko has always been pretty darn good. All right. But I can't. But the most interesting thing about. And now, here I am going negative. Um, the most interesting thing about Donnie Docker to me is to watch the deleted scenes in the DVD and realize how close it came to being terrible. Mm. Like every one of those deleted scenes is like, yep, that was the right call. <laughs> like it, it is, it is a few decisions away from being a total mess. Aren't uh, most movies. Though? Yeah, maybe that's true, but it's weird. I don't know. I guess, uh,
2: Richard Kelly's like
1: a self completist. Like he, he didn't have to put those on the DVD,
0: right?
2: Just being honest, just being transparent.
0: I, have not, uh, I haven't seen the director's cut. I haven't seen any of the special features. I've just seen the film. I think I haven't seen it in, yeah. You know what? I might have only seen it once when you and I saw it in the theater. When you oh, wow. paid for my ticket. That's right. Oh, that's right. Because at the time, I didn't go to movies story, alone.
1: Yeah, you didn't like going to movies alone, which is my uh, still most of my
0: preferred way. Of oh, going yeah, to I've movies. definitely yeah. come around on that. Uh,
1: and I didn't want to see Donnie Darko, and we lived together, and we had just moved to Chicago, and we didn't know anybody in the city besides each other. Man. So you were like, "I'll pay for your ticket," and I was like, "Okay." I didn't uh, know this was
2: like the origin story, the like yeah. <laughs> beginnings of a friendship. Yeah, Donnie Darko. Yeah. My um,
1: goodness. But I ended up liking it. But you know what I remember? What's that? And I was literally just thinking about this yesterday because this song came on in the restaurant that I was in, or the gastropub. Um, uh, the song Notorious mm-hmm. by Duran Duran is the girls
2: uh, the girls do dance, heavily uh,
1: featured in that yeah. movie. And when it kicked in, I'm a big Duran Duran fan, I started tapping my foot, not realizing I was, each time I tapped my foot, knocking it against the chair of the person in front of us. Oh. And that dude, like, whipped around and gave me, like, the meanest look. And I was like... I'm sorry. And then after the movie, I was like, I'm so sorry. I
2: didn't realize that. Tales of modern manners <laughs> yeah, from the yeah. trenches. This is it's, riveting stuff. When,
1: it's like, I mean, when that Duran Duran gets in your bones. You
2: just got to start kicking chairs exactly. knocking stuff over. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. That's What's Duran your Duran. Take?
2: What's your hot take? Well, I said
1: uh, Cloud Atlas, Great.
2: Oh, I, th- I thought you had a real one. I thought that was like an example so we could get ready for.
1: Oh, should kind of I, uh, uh, I? I'm
0: sure I have. I'm sure I have plenty more. All right, um, Tyler. I got nothing. I'm trying to think of positive. Is that I'm trying to think of positive hot take. Surely you I could keep- think
2: of something that you love that everybody hates. Come on.
1: I know you. This is one you've said before okay. is that you think Cesar Romero is <laughs> a better joker than Heath Ledger. Okay, that's what you said. Right? You're,
2: you're making like throwing you, someone under the bus. Hot takes. <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> I was in private about that. Well, no, he's, no, yeah. You well, pub-
0: he's, make, he's making a joke. I <laughs> do think published a, jo- a thing. I do. No, I. First off, that was before I even saw the Heath Ledger Joker. It was that everybody was making fun of. Everyone was saying that like, oh, Jack Nicholson isn't very good, and Caesar Romero isn't very good. And the article that I wrote was that well, they were right for the movie or TV show they were a part of. Uh, that said, and then that's thing. This is a, this winds up being negative because this is a I prefer this over this, mm-hmm. and so I prefer Nicholson's Joker to Heath Ledger's Joker, and but that's that's a negative hot take. I can't think. I do love Mars Attacks, uh, but then so does I David. think a lot of people our age do. I think now. they're
2: I think it's sort of culty. Yeah, the I think that's I, mean, one I think of people film Twitter is
1: pro is Mars it? Attacks. Yeah, film
2: um, I mean, Twitter is deeply contrarian in its soul, though i yeah I don't know do I you s- think I'm on film twitter um more than yeah definitely I'm okay. definitely not a part of it anymore but okay that's like my whole twitter feed unfortunately
1: um speaking of. You know, X is better than Y hot takes. The one that got me yelled at by my boss at the video store back in in Chicago, Tyler knows this story, is that I have always felt and continue to feel that Bill and Ted's bogus journey is better than Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Um,
2: I barely remember them enough to make a (laughs) distinction. Oh, I do have a great Keanu Reeves story, though. Okay. So I dressed him for one day of reshoots on John Wick. And okay. he is the world's nicest human being.
1: That's that's everything that I hear and want to believe.
2: Yeah, and it was he was just so kind and thoughtful. And um, uh, when I was dressing him, I I had taken off my sweater, and we were doing an outdoor scene at night, and it was raining like in the scene. And he didn't have a wetsuit on underneath, and so he was like freezing cold. And he was like, "Amanda, aren't you cold?" And I was like, "How are you thinking about me right <laughs> now?" Like as I'm trying to help you. Um, and at the very end of the night, I you know I was dying inside because I. Love him. He's mm-hmm. great. And, but I was very professional, kept my cool, kept it all going. And uh, at the end of the night, he was, like, shaking my hand. And I was like, great working with you, sir. You know. And he walked off, and I was like, oh, I didn't get a chance to say anything. Oh, well. So I grabbed my little kit, and I was going upstairs to check on the extras who were still shooting a little bit. And I saw him kind of by himself waiting for a car or something. Uh-huh. And I went over, and I said, uh, "He's like, oh, hey, what's up? Did you need something else? Or, and I was like, no, I don't want to bother you, but... I just wanted to tell you. And he gets this like scared look on his face. (laughs) I was like, I just want to say how much your work has meant to me in my life. And that's all I wanted to say. And he said, Oh, thank you. Like, like no one had ever said anything kind to him before in his whole life. Like that is how honest it was. And in my head, I'm like, wow, that's some good acting. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Uh, and then he took my hand and I wish I had a witness, but he pulled me towards him and gave me a little kiss on the cheek. Oh. And I made a noise like a garbage disposal. I went, oh, and I like stumbled away. I like fell like away from him and was just like, he's like, bye. I was like, oh, <laughs> got away. But as I walked away, it just felt like such a culmination of I was like, man, when I was 12, I remember watching The Matrix on like a little TV at my grandma's house. And it meant so much to me. And it was this like movies are so cool. And then for me to like be in the same room working with someone of that caliber was just um, the monumental thing. But yeah, he's everything people say about him and more just the greatest guy.
1: So people say never meet your heroes. Hot take, never meet your heroes unless they're Keanu Reeves.
2: Yeah, I think right? so. I mean, he might be the only one.
1: Yeah, he just seem awesome. I remember when I when I learned that he um when he's at a award show or a festival or whatever, he doesn't take the celebrity like gift baskets. He's mm-hmm. he, he doesn't do that. And he doesn't do like ads. He doesn't uh he I feel like he's like a guy who yeah, he he I don't know, he does what he wants to do and he picks movies because he thinks they'll be worth doing. I, I dunno, he just seems he's like a true artist who uh I think uh, that's a
2: hot take is like Keanu yeah. Reeves is a better actor than people want to give him credit for. I think people want to like dump all over him a lot of the time, but I think he's great.
0: Where do you where do you fall on that? You know, I've said on this podcast though it's been a number of years at this point since I said it, uh that his career frustrated me because he's never been that remarkably good of an actor. Like he's not always convincing in the things that he says, which seems like uh, a basic prerequisite for being an actor that is cast in things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But over the years, he's grown on me. And I think, I think he's, uh, it might be that he's become a better actor. It might be that he's just, he's, he's not trying as hard. And I know that may sound like he's lazy. It's not so much that it's that he's kind of eased into, Himself,
1: I, I think what I think, what I take that to mean when you say, I think he's found he's gotten better at finding the roles that are right for him. Like, you don't see him doing like a much ado by nothing or walk in the clouds or, or Dracula. like Dracula, yeah. Uh, now, like, basically, he's realized maybe, all right, period pieces, maybe not really, yeah, gonna work for him unless he's doing like 47 Ronin or whatever, sure. um, which I actually didn't see. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's. He's so perfect in John Wick, yeah. um, and uh, of course, as I said, I love Constantine. And Are you a big Constantine fan?
2: I have not seen Constantine, but oh. I will say, as someone who has worked with him on set, um, <laughs> that he prepares more metic- more meticulously for even like an insert shot that I've seen most actors prepare for actual like full on monologues. Like he would do the action and he would do it again and he would like get the, like he would call someone over and be like, all right, I'm doing this. And then it's this. And like he and the directors work so closely together on that stuff. Even random, like walking up the stairs, he would like really prepare.
0: I have no doubt that he is remarkably professional and I've heard that he's the nicest guy. Like there's, mm-hmm. I'm sure there is a reason that even when he wasn't, Necessarily hitting it out of the park every time uh, that he still got cast. And my, sometimes it's just like being a positive force around set. And he is somebody that people liked on screen. Yeah, he has a, a um, presence
1: that yeah. works um, no, no matter what. Did um,
0: either of you see the Neon Demon?
2: Yes, oh. I saw He's it. great in that. He is really like, great in gen- And that's not a thing I say lightly. He's genuinely frightening.
0: Yeah. Okay. and uh,
2: Did not love that movie was really bummed because at the time I was working for a movie magazine and Mm -hmm. we were going to put it on the cover of the magazine. And then after we saw it, we were like, no.
0: I actually liked it so much more than I thought I would. Um, I feel
2: like with him, you can, like Nicholas Winding Refn, you can get, he gets, he's like, oh, you're so close. We're so close to having something really awesome. We're so close to having something that's going to be great. And then at the last minute, he always botches it. Like he cannot help himself. Something has to just go off the rails.
1: Well, I think... Um, the only, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of him in general with the one major exception of only God forgives, which I think is amazing because I think it's going off the rails is uh, the right choice, I guess. I don't know. I don't want to like spoil
0: what happens at the end of the movie, and, but, and I've always felt that he is kind of vapid and which is why I think neon demon works so well oh, Is he finally is perfect. making a movie about <laughs> vapid people.
2: Um, he understands them so well and their <laughs> yeah, desires exactly. and motivation yeah. that it just flies off the screen.
0: Um, but yeah, so I'm sorry I don't have any better uh, hot takes. It's they're almost always. I like this more than that. It's mm-hmm. almost always that.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think you're going to get a lot of hate mail on that Cesar Romero's better a better actor than Heath Ledger, <laughs> Heath Ledger thing <laughs> that you keep insisting on. Son of a bitch.
2: Here's a hot take. Everything's mostly fine, and some people like some things, and some people like other things. Sure. Yeah. Now, okay. So yeah, here's uh, a
1: hot take. Everyone's opinion is worthwhile and we should be respectful
0: of it. Well, that's <laughs> not true. A, minute, that's a, a lie. Minute. That, <laughs> that might be true. the hottest take I've heard so far. <laughs> super hot. So I have to assume that hot takes are heightened, right? Like
2: they're meant to instill a certain amount of guess, fight yeah. in the person okay. listening to them. Yeah. This is something
1: we didn't call it hot takes, but in a like maybe the second episode ever of Battleship Retention, we were like,
0: let's see if we can get some
1: uh, some attention, right. and we did. We just said a bunch of stuff that we were like uh,
0: that. We said uh, that's right. That episode might not be available. Anymore. No, it's definitely not because but, it's yeah. literally
1: like episode literally like episode two, which yeah. is not available unless I mean, if you donate ten dollars and email Tyler and say, "Hey, I donated ten dollars." I've lowered
0: can... the price, David. <gasps> seven.
1: Oh, okay. So seven dollars for our first forty episodes. That's right. Um That's another way to support the show and like and uh, uh, to embarrass the hell out of us. Those yeah. episodes are not. Uh, Easily available for a
2: reason because they're good.
0: I, I went back and listened to. <laughs> you guys are great
2: salesmen. <laughs> Don't buy this, please. Yeah,
0: yeah we're trying to avoid. But there's a reason those aren't available anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was thinking. I went back and listened to an early episode of More Than One Lesson, but not that early. Like uh-huh. it's episode, you know, twenty something, and I was I wasn't doing it every week at the time. Uh, so I was probably a solid. Nine months into it, which means I was like three years into podcasting at that point. I go back and listen to that episode. Whew. Well, we're always... I feel like I should take all those down, but apparently I can't. We're always getting better. Always getting better. Do you remember any of
1: our hot takes from that episode? I
0: don't. I don't remember a single one. I remember some one I remember of our saying, New Year's resolutions.
1: I don't, remember, I don't remember that at all. The only one, only one I remember, and I don't know if I still stand by this, but I remember saying that I think... Futurama at its best is better than the Simpsons at its best. Yes, I think so.
0: Hmm. That is, that is one that you said. Yeah. I, I don't remember any, uh, I don't remember any of mine. All right. I, could, I couldn't, I couldn't say that Nicholson thing cause the Heath Ledger Joker didn't exist yet. That's how early it was. We've yeah. been doing this for a while, David.
2: My goodness. That's
1: true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We didn't even know that Heath Ledger was going to be the joke. Yeah. yeah.
0: Boy, oh boy. Yeah. What,
1: what movies were recently out when we started? borat was probably yeah. pretty new
0: uh i mean we we started in march of 2007 so 2000 oh, so
1: so zodiac like, came out like right yeah. around the time we started podcasting yeah.
0: uh Smoke and aces <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, i never saw 300 uh i unfortunately wow. saw 300 big, yeah Aww. um hot take that movie sucks <laughs> <Yeah. Aww. laughs>
0: uh grindhouse
1: I never saw that one either. Uh, I think that remains the only Tarantino I haven't seen.
0: Yeah. And don't worry. I'm going to stop. I, I I know I said Grindhouse. I'm not going to talk about how much I don't like the concept of Grindhouse. People are tired of hearing that. Because apparently they've been hearing it for nine years. Yeah, Sorry, that's a everybody. a
1: you've been doing over and over again. Yeah. You know what else is out about that time? The last Mimsy. Last Mimsy. Starter for 10. Whew. Pride. Not the recent uh, Gay right. Rides Pride, but the Terrence Howard Coaches the Black Swim Team Pride. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh trying to remember what else I saw for free at the ArcLight when I was working at the ArcLight. Well, I mean we uh
0: we saw Hot Fuzz. That was a good one. We saw The Lookout. That was a good one. We uh, saw
1: The Host. The Host? Yeah. Yeah. I saw Breach. I don't think you saw it with me, but Breach uh right. was I saw out.
0: it. Saw it on my own. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, the All old right. days. And so I remember I, re- I really wanted to uh utilize your uh ArcLight uh ship. Uh There's a word. Employment is the word word I'm looking for. Uh, So (laughs) that I could see uh, Primeval because I'm a sucker for uh, creature features. Oh. That's the giant alligator. No, I remember it with Orlando
1: Jones, but I don't remember. Was that out when I worked
0: there? Yeah. Oh. And I remember remember you and I were walking to the UCB from your apartment, and I said, Hey, uh, did you guys get Primeval? And you started making fun of me. Um, Because you're just like, I think so. Why?
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's enough reminiscing. This is getting. Wait, way too navel-gazing. It's getting we're, white?
0: Modlin. Well, <laughs> we're coming up on episode 500, David, so it's just a, uh, you know, it just, yeah, it just happens.
2: That's crazy. Um, yeah. Congrats. That's Thank amazing. You. Thank you.
1: Um, now, we have to get to a whole list of our listeners' hot takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they
2: are the freshest and the hottest of takes.
1: We we asked our listeners, as we do once a year, to vote on a thing of our choosing yeah <laughs> this year it was top 50 actors and actresses but instead of doing a top 50 list we did two top 25 lists right because like the academy we like to keep you know hot side hot and
0: cold side cold exactly like no, the- sorry that's mcdonald's not yeah. the academy um
1: <laughs> uh anyway we, last week, we had our friend Tobo, Stephen Tobolowski, on right. to help us count down the top 25 actors. This week, Amanda is here to help us count down the top 25 actresses as voted on by our listeners. I have to say that because I don't want people thinking this is my list because there are some things right. on here I don't entirely agree with. It's
2: yeah, a that, list of hot takes. Yeah, it's,
0: <laughs> yeah it, it happens. And I you, know, you contributed. I contributed. But uh, our votes were not weighted. Uh, but when there was a tie, I decided— what the order would be
1: and i'll say and we'll get to, i'll point them out when we get to them there are a couple of people that i didn't put on my list that i'm like you know what should have been on my list i'm glad yeah. they're on here uh but then there's some people you know we did we spent a lot of time with Stephen last week saying i can't believe so and so is not on the list no. you know right off the bat I, uh, I i had madeline Khan pretty high on my list and uh, and it's kind of a bummer that she's not
0: on here a good number of people did submit her it wasn't uh you know it, it wasn't a low number she was close to making it but as tends to happen uh you know the list is a lot more eclectic until the last day, mm-hmm. and then everyone is like, "Oh, I got to get my list," in. and then it becomes a lot more conventional. Uh, um, for example, for example, this uh, this top three was a different it was in a very different order until the last day.
1: Well, let's start with number twenty-five. All right, we're all big fans. Oh, I well, know. Here, Tyler and I are big fans. Here's what I'll
0: say: number twenty-five. There was a tie for twenty-five. Oh, so I made the choice that this person would be in the top twenty-five. So based on your wow. choice,
1: first of, before we say who's number twenty-five, who did whom did you relegate to outside looking-in status? Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway. Okay. Oh, poor Faye Dunaway. Yeah.
2: Man, that's a tough choice. <laughs> I
1: didn't do that lightly at all. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking about the episode that we recorded that hasn't gone up yet. <laughs> like. There's going to be a lot of shitting on Faye Dunaway on Battleship Retention in a short period of time. I don't remember that other one.
0: Um, oh, wait, no, there it is. Yeah, yeah. never mind, never mind.
1: <laughs> but, okay, so... Sorry, Faye. <laughs> so, besting Faye Dunaway um, on Tyler's uh, very correct uh, judgment call is the great Sigourney Weaver.
0: That's right. Le-
1: Le- 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 lieutenant Ellen Ripley.
0: Is she a lieutenant? Yeah, is, she, that, Le- is it a different... I thought that was a different thing.
1: She's a lieutenant. Okay. But if you're British, then it's lieutenant, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but nobody, is, nobody there is British. Not not until uh, the the third one. Then everybody's British.
1: Um, maybe they maybe they call her lieutenant in the third one. Sure, yeah, that'd be nice. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So last time I watched Alien Three, the sound wasn't on, and we were talking through the whole thing. That's
0: that's <laughs> true. Which might be the best way to hear to watch that film. <laughs> well, her so,
2: rank is the most important thing about her. So I'm glad that we've spent <laughs> this time covering that. So.
0: So what uh out of curiosity, what does everybody think about my hot take uh that uh, Sigourney Weaver should be on this list and Faye oh, Dunaway should you not? You made you made
2: the right call. Okay. You made the right call, but that's a that's a tough one. It is a very that's tough one.
0: That's a thinker. Cuz it's hard, you know, it's just like, oh, Bonnie and Clyde, Chinatown and Network. That's, that's we well, see this you gets know. to Screw up A question yeah. that's wow. come
1: up in the comments since the last episode um about body of work versus yeah. like Sigourney Weaver created one of, if not the greatest character in the history of movies, in my opinion. Everyone can do one. Ellen Ripley. <laughs> <Left-handed>.
2: <laughs> Everybody can do one thing good in their life.
0: But she's also, but that's the
2: thing. When's mine?
0: Oh, we're waiting. We're all waiting. <laughs> you, you keep at it, buddy. Uh, you keep plugging away.
2: We've seen some progress over the last nine years, and we're very hopeful. <laughs> uh,
0: look, we all know what mine was, which was winning Best Actor, State of Missouri, Missouri in the year 2000. Right. So my life peaked uh, 16 years ago.
2: It's been a beautiful downhill Oh, <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Um,
0: so, yeah, I, I think it's not merely that she was Ripley. I think it's also what Ripley represents, in film history, which is, you know, when you look at, you know, the, as they would say at Comic-Con, you know, uh, what is it, Women Who Kick women Ass? Who Kick Ass. You know, Ripley she, kind of. Well,
1: by the way, Sigourney was on the very, if I, thi- I think the very first Women Who Kick Ass panel at,
0: at, at Comic-Con. That's appropriate. I think but, so. But here's the thing. I don't want to say, oh, she's Ripley and that's it. Hmm. She, no, that, yeah. is, that is probably her biggest contribution to film, but she's marvelous and working girl. I like her I like her a lot in Ghostbusters. I love her in Dave. She's great in The Ice Dave Storm. Is a, Dave, Dave is a good one. It is yeah.
2: a great movie. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. It really is. I watched it somewhat recently, probably last 3 years cuz I loved it when I was a kid for whatever reason, I don't know why. And uh yeah, she's still good in that.
0: It was a nice one-two punch of that and then The American President the next yeah. year. Just, the president was just such a ple- presidency was such a pleasant thing in the mid 90s. <laughs> what ha- what happened? Um, um but yeah, so so I feel like she made a big contribution, and she's also shown a, a surprising amount of range. I do. I can't speak enough about how great she is in Working Girl.
2: She can sing. But, she it, can. Yeah, she's amazing.
1: Yeah. We we can't spend this long on everybody, but um, so we should move on. But it's interesting that Sigourney Weaver has graduated to the place where her being in a movie is like a thing now, like with Finding yeah. Dory or Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. or
0: to a little ca- uh, cameo in Ghostbusters.
1: Uh, I didn't see it, Um, but similar like Paul. uh, You know, Paul's a terrible movie, but it's a similar thing to Kevin in the Woods. Like, it's like oh, the fact that it's Sigourney Weaver like uh, means something,
0: which is a bummer. I would like you know as much as I did not care for Avatar. She's playing a a full an actual character there, and I would like her to get more get more roles.
1: I think Avatar's a good movie. All right, um, but it's
0: not a you know it's not a it's not a an actor showcase except for maybe Stephen Lang. Uh, so it's, there's not much that she's able to do in that film. I want. I want to. You know, I want another ice storm for her. You know. So okay, uh, uh, we, we let's move on, on to
1: someone who is absolutely on my list. Um, one I might have put my thumb on the scale a little bit with the listeners by mentioning that she was on my list and maybe we got more votes for her because of that. But, uh, I did I notice no-
0: after I mentioned Peter Laurie, a few people, uh, throughout Peter Laurie. Yeah. it's just like, how much influence do we have on you people?
1: But I advocated for the great Gong Li, and here she is on the list at number twenty four and I feel like i'm mostly unfamiliar with her work.
2: I feel that way too. I thought I knew more about who she was, but i 'm realizing i haven 't seen the majority of her films.
0: yeah, what are some of your favorites david
1: um well i 'm going through um I would say the one that absolutely shoots to the top of the list from which I know you i 'm pretty sure you have seen is to live i've not seen to live oh, you have not seen to live okay
2: she 's best known for memoirs of a geisha right in
1: America, I guess her it's memories of a Geisha and miami vice um yeah. but um those aren't great she didn't like
2: get a lot get enough to do or
1: i I, I just don't think she translated to uh american films and speaking english yeah. um that well uh, uh, you know this, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of either has of she been in
2: movies. a one car Why movie or am i making that up
1: um yeah she was in 2046 um that's one of his right mm-hmm. yeah um but, yeah, uh, To Live, Farewell, My Concubine, oh, right. um, uh, which is also one of my favorite movies, music- uh, Raise the Red Lantern, uh, oh, yeah. Judo. Okay. She's worked with Chen Kegi and Zhang Yimou a, a lot, and okay. those are um, two of my favorite directors going back to, to film school. Um, yeah, I do love Raise the Red Lantern. Yeah, and, and so uh, I, I guess I associate her so much with that sort of – um, "quote unquote" fifth generation Chinese director thing of like the, the eighties and nineties. Um, that uh, I've always just felt uh, thought very highly of her, and thought that her great performances, especially in To Live and Judo, um, which I'm probably saying wrong, um, are, are a big part of the reason why I like those movies so much.
0: And I'll say this: I did see, I didn't see Memoirs of a Geisha, but I saw Miami Vice, and it's not a good movie all around, but while speaking english is not necessarily her forte she is still very striking on screen like mm-hmm. you know i know it's this, this is is going to sound like a backhanded compliment but like when she's not talking oh dear you know uh and it's that thing she's she's playing the emotions and so i believe her character it's just unfortunate that like that she got that she was in that part but i totally get why she's in that part because she's a very dynamic presence and she kind of commands the screen even in the midst of other dynamic actors. Uh, you know, I feel like she's, she's kind of a highlight of Miami vice, uh, which is, you know, maybe damning with faint praise, but uh, so we should probably move on.
1: Yeah. Let's move on to one that I'm, I'm this a is, fan of this actress, but I think it's a little recent. And also not only is it recent? We never specifically said this is for movies only. But I think right. because of How to Get Away with Murder, I think of her as a as a TV actress. Not just because that's high profile, but also she's so fantastic on that show. Of course, my Viola Davis at this point. Um, I don't know if you guys watch How to Get Away with Murder. No, but uh, she's amazing. Um, and so it does seem weird to me that she's on this list because when I think of her in movies, I think of either like movies like The Help or Suicide Squad
2: you know or small roles
1: and like Get On Up.
2: Yeah, she's she plays a bit part as a police officer in Kate and Leopold, which (laughs) I watched last year and was like, oh, my
0: goodness. She's one of the best actresses of all time. I know, but that felt
2: really awful to tweet. I was going to take a picture and be like, wonderful performance by this unknown actress. But that seemed edgy. I don't know. I'm
1: going to point out I have not seen Kate Kate and Leopold since the theater. Which then means yes, I paid money to go see Kate and Liam yeah. in the theater.
2: Hey, man, I've paid money to see it, and then rent it, and then paid Netflix to watch it again. So, <laughs> oh, you know, I have no
1: shame. I don't think the movie is that great. But, no hot um, takes here. <laughs> I like rom coms, yeah. so I went and saw it.
2: She's so, she's great though, and I'm glad that we're yeah. starting to get to see more um, more of her in movies. You know, I think that sometimes it's harder for. Um, actresses of color to find their way into those kind of lead roles in film or and so I think I'm glad that she's kind of getting more recognition at this point and hopefully more opportunities
0: and she's middle aged you know uh, but yeah she is I wasn't expecting Suicide Squad to be very good but one thing I knew is that she would be dependable I know that character Mm -hmm. And when I heard that she was cast as that character, I remember thinking like, okay, so I at least know one part of Suicide Squad is going to be very interesting. Mm. And sure enough, it was. Uh, she's marvelous in, in doubt. Mm. Uh, she's in Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, which is a movie I don't care for. But she's very good in it, obviously. She's in um, the
2: Solaris remake, speaking of That's Steven right, uh, she is. <laughs>
0: God. Which, I, which I remember I can, liking to a point. I, I can like
2: brook no remakes of Tarkovsky. <laughs> that's one thing that nobody should do.
0: I take <laughs> but yeah and so i i think it could be uh, i don't know it, it could be argued that maybe in a few years like she would warrant being uh on the list um but right now she's a, she's a very interesting actor and i'm not sure if i would say that i'll see everything she's in simply because she's in it but she's not she'll a- almost always be a highlight of something i see
2: i want to see her given a role in film that's worthy of her talents yeah which we haven't seen in a while
0: yeah I mean, it is it is notable that she's basically in one scene in doubt, and, like, I mean, everybody is good in that movie, obviously, but at the same time, like, she's got one scene to make an impact, and, boy, she, she sure does. Um, so, okay, we should uh, probably move on?
1: Yeah, let's move on to someone I'm a, a, a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Judy Dench. Yeah. And I like—I think there's something about the uh, classical British actors and actresses um, who— Obviously, you know, they, our, our, our male actor list was full of full of them, mm-hmm. right? Um, but there's something about their, their – there's often less pretension. Yeah. I guess I, I think with, with the British actors, it's more of like a, a trade. And so they're, you know, obviously they're great. You know, she's great just going with more recent roles, um, something very character-driven – like, Philomena, I think, is a, a great movie.
0: Which I still haven't but, seen.
1: But she's also not afraid, when the movie calls for it, to be big. Mm-hmm. And I like that lack of, again, lack of pretension on, on her part that you see in, like, like an Alan Rickman, if we're going in the in the male sure. side of things.
0: Sure, I'd say... She's the female Alan, Alan Rickman. That, that works really well, actually. <laughs> I think she's better. Uh, that's probably well. She's better that's now. That's probably true. Oh, that's <laughs> very, that seems <laughs> wrong to say. That's awful. <laughs> um, yeah, I de- it's interesting. Uh, when we announced this on the website, somebody said that they weren't actually a big fan of hers. Why? Which astonishes me. How? <laughs> and I it's feel like, like saying,
2: like, I really hate, uh, you know, Maggie Smith. Screw her.
0: Well, that I can understand. Oh, I'm joking, dear. of course. Oh my joking, goodness. Of course. Uh, now, uh, I mean to me, like if you, M- Her Majesty Mrs. Brown is wonderful. I think her best performance is in Notes on a Scandal. I think she does tremendous work in that, and I think she's somebody who always has an air of authority, which is fine. But what I like is that she understands that and can often pro- project that while also clearly playing. Insecurity underneath, or fear, and I think that's what "Notes on a Scandal" is, and I think that's what Mrs. Brown is as well.
2: Yeah, that's something I was going to mention is definitely her range. I think mm-hmm. that often we uh, sometimes don't get to see it as much, but I was even thinking of the Daniel Brühl film "Ladies in Lavender" that she's in, and right. she has some really nice moments in that film that I remember even to this day.
0: And I remember she was in "Shock um, a Lot." Which is Mm -hmm. a movie I don't care much for. But I remember, like, I always like her, obviously. She's
2: Um, just pleasant to watch no matter what she's doing.
0: Yeah. And she was.
2: She's great in the Bond films, too.
0: Yep. Absolutely. So so
2: fun. Like, such a fun addition. And I was so proud of them for making that choice because that was not an obvious choice.
0: And it was a very smart choice in the last few films to elevate her and really explore who M is. And I think she, you know, could seem just as as tough as anybody else and uh, just as capable. Mm -hmm. Um, But we should move on um okay you want to say who's next next up is Sissy Spacek I was fascinated by this not to imply that I don't like Sissy Spacek but I was kind of under the impression that film nerds had kind of passed her by um Mm. but I guess when I think about like okay well what are the movies that film nerds like they like Malick Mm. they like De Palma um but at the same time i can't think i mean she's in jfk she's in in the bedroom so she's been in enough stuff she's over the, the years story. she's in the straight story that's a big one david lynch i can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not why would i I, being... I don't know cuz it's a straight story i <laughs> love
1: it david lynch like that's you're, you're true, naming yeah. big directors that's that are that's true but i but can't our listeners know. have seen the straight story because it's a david lynch movie
0: do you think they have yeah. i feel like that's the one people skip I think they see Walt Disney presents the straight story and they don't care who
2: No, it's just it. Deep Cuts. Okay. It's like Twin Peaks Two. Everyone's seen it.
1: But uh Twin Peaks Two? Yeah. Um
2: With Chris Isaac? You know? oh, that, oh yeah. <laughs> the
1: movie? Yeah. Firewalker. <laughs> yeah. It's a good movie. I like that movie. Um yeah. So this is also now you and I don't watch this show, but she's also on bloodline, which I know is, which is a Netflix oh, right, show. Yeah, yeah. She's a regular on that. So maybe, she's
2: very good on that.
1: Yeah. And so maybe that's part of the reason she's in people's consciousness yeah. and not, not in ours. That makes sense.
2: Yeah. I guess, I
0: guess that's the thing is I don't watch, um, how to get away with murder. I don't watch Bloodline. So and a lot of, I guess.
2: Well, it's nice to see she's having a resurgence, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, hopefully that points people towards some of her earlier work.
0: Yeah, and and, and um,
1: of course, there's in the bedroom. Uh, I think did you already say that. Yeah. Um, um, but speaking of TV, I remember because there was probably I'd seen her. In, I'm looking. There were a couple things like Tuck Everlasting and oh, yeah. uh, and uh, well, I guess that's the only one. Um, after after in the bedroom, and I guess she had kind of fallen off my radar until in at the uh, the second uh, second to last season or last season of Big Love, she showed up hmm. um, as I think she was supposed to be a like a state. Senator, I think oh. you utah told something. She was something in the world, well, the pol- world of politics. I'm one of five people who watched big love all the way through to the end. I was going to say, um, <laughs> uh, and she's terrific. And I, and I and I, was like, Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> she's basic.
2: We approve. Moving on. Moving <laughs> yeah.
0: on. Uh, here. Yeah. Here's somebody that part of me felt like I expected her to be higher on the list, but also she's not someone that's talked about that much anymore. And that's Jodie Foster. Hmm. I don't know. Your thoughts.
2: My thoughts on Jodie Foster. Yes. Well, she recently came back into the news in the past couple of years, I think because of directing a film that Mel Gibson's in. Right. Um, The Beaver, right? Yes. And I then saw she that. also just uh directed something else recently, too. She did. I think she's trying to try to. A- Money Monster. Money Monster, that's, that's the one. Right. Thank you. Um so yeah, I think she's definitely moving more in that direction. Uh I think that she's a very capable actress, I still can't think like I, not a whole lot of movies of hers come to mind. Panic Room I think is really great with the young Christian mm-hmm. Stewart as well. Um and then obviously Silence of the Lambs, super iconic performance. Yeah. But other than that, I'm kind of a little oh and then Taxi Driver. Taxi driver. I mean hell, yeah. she's been in everything.
1: Yeah. Um I'm a big fan and I I like that she um uh picks her roles carefully. Mm-hmm. Um kind of like Keanu Reeves in a way. That she picks roles carefully, but also does stuff like Panic Room and Flight Plan. That seems like it's yeah, not, it's not all heady stuff. She has fun movies, although I, I never saw Flight Plan, and I'm not a big Panic Room fan. Um, I unfortunately. did
0: see, I did see Flight Plan. I thought she was very good in that. I never saw the Brave one, but I always wanted, okay. but I wanted to, and I kind of until uh, when I when I was looking for like photos of people to post uh, uh, on our website in regards to this i remember i thought oh the brave one i forgot all about that movie and now i want to see it because i'm sure she's very good there's i think she recognizes that there's a she's a very specific type of actress like she has a very specific way of talking Mm -hmm. that won't necessarily lend itself to every character you know she's not actually Nell. what What was was that that? oh yeah (laughs) she's either you know talking very deliberately or not at all um But, uh, yeah, you said that it's almost like an accent. It's a it's yeah. a very specific cadence.
2: I think there's a, a, several actresses and actors like that as well that have such a specific voice that it's, uh, I think that's a bit yeah. of a handicap to the handicap to them sometimes. Hmm. Yeah. It can't be anyway.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, and a few years ago she was in Carnage, which is not a great movie. Oh, but, yeah. Um, I like her in it. Which, the, it's, all four of the cast members in that movie are, are great. It's just that Roman Polanski is giving you everything and, like, one and a half speed it feels like when I listen to a podcast and I want to get through it quickly for information that's what Carnage feels like to me it's like let's take a breath uh, this movie
0: why do people do that I've heard people say that like oh I want I'm listening to something and I want to get over it quick I want to get through it quickly, so I do one and a half speed. That fascinates me because I, well, I never just occurred to me. The, to
1: do that. They
2: just want the information. Yeah, I
1: listen to a lot of sports podcasts that are either oh, okay. like, yeah. "Let's preview the games this weekend" or "Let's recap the games this weekend." And so sometimes it's like I don't need to luxuriate in your banter. I okay. just kind of want to like get your opinions and facts. Okay, and fair on. enough.
0: All right, next up, here we go. Odd choice.
1: Well, this is goes back to what I'm talking about: body of work versus super important uh, uh, iconic yeah. role. And, boy, oh uh, boy. Yeah, so uh, it's it's Maria Falconetti who played uh, Joan of Arc in
0: The Passion of Joan of Arc. Yeah. And nothing else, really. I think she's in one other thing or two.
2: This is the ultimate film nerd selection.
0: Yeah. But I... I
2: I, I mean, um, it's one of the best performances yeah. of all time, but...
0: This, to me, is like Charles Lawton being on a best director's list. Where it's like, well, I can't argue with Night of the Hunter* being like one of the best directorial achievements, but how do we even? S-
2: yeah, what do you do we- scale it against? What yeah. do you? Yeah.
1: But honestly, I'm really glad she's on the list. Yeah, I because I um had I saw this movie for the first time probably more recently than either of you. Like mm-hmm. in the last year, I talked about it in the oh, podcast wow. that I had. Uh, yeah, missed the boat on on that one and. um yeah so i'm like i, I was say, like
2: i say a oh, wow like it's a super normal thing to watch a <laughs> oh my gosh you poor thing
1: but but it's like that um the jim gaffigan joke about always seeing movies like oh, yeah, four yeah. years everybody is like i just saw heat yeah you guys want to talk about heat yeah. <laughs> um so that's what i was like i was like i came to the podcast i was like you guys passion of of Arc is one of the greatest movies of all time and, and i think you and scott were like Hot yeah eighties. Everyone, everyone knows that <laughs>
0: Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I'm glad she's on the list. Yeah, and she definitely carries it and at the same time like that is a film of close-ups and she's being very emotive but ethereal. also not Yeah, ethereal is perfect. That's a perfect word. sort of word.
2: staring over the shoulder <laughs> cinematographer. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, well, let's let's move on okay. to someone who I'm sure I mean has a great body of work but i'm yeah. sure if it weren't for constantine she wouldn't be on the list sure sure that's tilda swinton who of course plays <sighs> the angel gabriel oh my goodness in constantine um but no uh t- yeah peek behind the curtain tilda swinton was on my uh list mm-hmm. um because i feel like it's weird i'm gonna keep coming back to keanu reeves but like <laughs>
2: that's not weird at all just let it <laughs> out <laughs> yeah.
1: but there is a certain uh there's a there's a certain thing this some this is something else that came up in the um comment section on on our uh, uh website about the top actors list about how certain actors like I think some people were upset that Jimmy Stewart was above Daniel Day Lewis, and one person oh, said, uh, <laughs> "One person said that Jimmy Stewart doesn't disappear into a role like Daniel Day Lewis right. does, and uh, it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like that's, that's not always okay. what you want. Sometimes yeah. you want, and so yeah, I think Tilda Swinton is fantastic, and she can be quite chameleonic, like yeah. in um, Trainwreck, um, which is uh, which is awesome. But uh, I've, I've or Michael
0: Clayton is another one. Snowpiercer. I always forget mm. that's her. Yep. Um, you no,
1: know. but there's always something that's Tilda about Swindy. her. Yes. Yeah, um, and that's so she's someone that I like. Her being in a movie is make, is going to make me more excited yeah. to see that movie. It's just oh, so yeah.
2: fun to watch her do her thing, which um, yeah. is so inimitable and just yeah, it's just it is fun to watch.
1: And to clarify, I, I feel the same way about Keanu Reeves. Is what I'm saying. Okay, that he he he, he Keanu Reeves clearly doesn't disappear into roles, <laughs> right? But there's something that he brings that I always want to see. Um, so yeah, Tilda when she's. Just like Keanu Reeves.
0: I do like, I like that he is kind of our uh, Rosetta Stone on this, yeah. uh, that he's he is now our, our touchstone for Our that. Northern Light. But our no, I, oh, absolutely. <laughs> have
1: they been in anything together? Like, Oh anything?
2: my goodness, than, let's get it going. <laughs>
1: uh, other than Constantine, right? Uh, let's see. I, mean, I guess Constantine is a good enough, because I don't know why I like set Constantine aside. Maybe because I'm the only one at the table who's seen it. Um,
2: I can't think of anything but one performance a recent one that comes to mind would be in the Wes Anderson film the most recent one Grand Budapest, Grand Budapest. oh yeah she yeah. plays like a very old woman and yes. she does yeah. it it's amazing she does such a great job yeah. of it she's also
1: great in Moonrise Kingdom she is. social services yeah. she is but what I was going to say about and I uh, yeah Constantine is a perfect example but you guys haven't seen it like those are two beautiful weirdos yes uh,
0: <laughs> and uh, beautiful weirdos are my favorite kind of people well and that's that's definitely her she's she's it's fascinating how easily she can play, you know, like her character in Michael Clayton, who, yes, she's deeply neurotic and insecure, but she fits in in the corporate world. She can seem very put together, but then she can be a complete weirdo, like in, you know, Only Lovers Left Alive or oh, Snowpiercer. So good.
2: Yeah. Um, she's also great in, um, oh, shoot, what is that? It was just the beach. The, head. the beach? Is she in that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, um, they're all named after Looney Tunes characters. Is she, is she, which one is she?
0: Taz.
2: No. Oh, I was thinking of, uh, we need to talk about Kevin.
0: Oh, oh yeah. So Damn right. Yeah. She's marvelous. That's the thing. Like I keep forgetting oh, she's, she's in the deep end. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I keep um, forgetting how, yeah, like she's, the, she's, the number of movies she's been in. Oh, Sal, everything.
1: Um, Sylvester. Oh, right. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um Anyway, um, but, yeah, I guess The Beach was probably the first thing I saw her in. But I think the first thing I really remember, or maybe right after that, I saw her in The Deep End, which is, again, she's such a weirdo in a great mm-hmm. way. I mean, I, when I use the word weirdo, that's how I describe myself. I mean, that always is a good thing. Being a weirdo is always a great thing. Um, but The Deep End is such a conventional type of role. She's a
0: housewife, yeah. right? I think she's a weirdo uh, in the same way that this is going to sound lofty. I apologize. I think she's this a weirdo she finds the weirdo in like her characters. Now, sometimes it's not so hard to find them. Uh, like if she's a vampire, but I think she finds like little Id- idiosyncrasies that everybody has. Everybody's a weirdo in their own way. Mm-hmm. And I think she recognizes that and finds, and within that finds humanity. Uh, I think her, even though her character is essentially a villain in Michael Clayton, like she's a very human villain and a very uh, idiosyncratic one. Um,
2: you have to be so comfortable with yourself as a person to get to that level of acting, yeah. I think. Yeah. And from the interviews I've read with her, it just seems like she is herself completely. And I think that that's kind of an amazing gift to give the rest of us.
0: And it does make sense. Like, think of just the, the different directors that she has worked with. And it makes, it makes perfect sense that she would work with Jim Jarmusch. Mm-hmm. It also makes perfect sense that she would work with, with Wes Anderson. Or, um, oh, shoot. Who, may, uh, who made Michael Clayton? Tony Gilroy. Tony Gilroy. Is that right? It, it sounds right. Okay, and like who is a very a very different kind of director and writer than the other two, but she just fits right in. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, we we should actually move on now. Sorry, let's <laughs> move on to
1: someone who wasn't on my list, but frankly should have been.
0: Yeah, surprise me that she, it wasn't.
1: Yes, because she stars in easily a top two or three movie of all time for me, Black Narcissus, and it's Deborah mm-hmm. Carr. Um, I believe it's pronounced car even though there's no A in it. Yeah, it's, that's an, how it's an E. But everyone says
0: car, so that's what I decided. Yeah. That's how the that's how the British are. No know.
1: objections here.
2: All right, mm-hmm. we're going
0: with car. Um
2: Lieutenant Carr. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, um, uh now I'm, I'm uh, i I feel like I built it up and now I I feel like I'm kind of at a loss um as far as what to say about Deborah Carr, but she's uh I, I guess She's the perfect mix of, um, she's a, you know, a screen knockout and a beauty and also a, a sort of every woman in a lot of ways. Do you know what I, what I mean? Do you mm-hmm. guys, uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And black narcissist requires her to play, uh, it's it's weird, part of the reason I like this movie so much is that it's a melodrama, and so it's big, but it's also about something that she has to play very much under the surface, which is that she's being essentially driven insane with sexual repression, um, and she's, like, lusting for this man, but she's got this, like her whole nun thing going on. Um, and she, so she's like, she's, she's big and small at the same time in that movie.
0: Well, now you're actually quoting the movie because when she says, well, I like you and everything, but I got this nun thing going on. Yeah. Um, and let's not forget that she plays three roles in the life and death of Colonel blimp. That's right. Um, that's right. Each of them distinct, but the idea, the very fact that they're casting one person in all three roles means that there needs to be something that unites all of them. Uh, and well, the fact that she is playing all of them is what does that, but I think she also has to find a certain commonality in all of them while also being distinct. And I think she does. Um, you know, it took me a while when I first saw it to realize, oh yeah, that's the same actress. I you know because right. it just didn't really occur to me that they would do that. Um, it's just such, and she, she pulls it off.
1: Um, we should point out we're doing kind of a Gong Li thing here, talking about um, talking around the fact that to American audiences she's probably best known for From Here to Eternity. Right. That's the American movie she would be best known for. Right. Uh, Yeah, I I think so.
2: Was she in Philadelphia story?
1: Uh, No, that's um, Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant.
0: (laughs) No,
2: No. There's a
1: younger woman, the other reporter. Uh, Let's Um, see here. His name is Ruth something. Yeah. Her
0: Hmm. first movie was in 19. Oh, sorry. Scenes deleted. Uh, So her first official movie is 1941 in Love on the Dole.
1: Uh, yeah, so From Here to Eternity is a great movie. And just, of course, that iconic image of her rolling around yeah. in the sand. Um, I still have not seen it. Uh, yeah. I'll see it eventually. Um, but, yeah, everyone keep in mind whenever you see that, like, oh, isn't it so romantic they're making out in the sand? Um, in the movie, that's not her
0: husband.
2: That is... <laughs> oh, morality police.
1: <laughs> just saying. It's not entirely a romantic scene. Yeah. Someone uh, somewhere
0: is getting hurt. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, uh, next up... No, also, oh, I just want to mention Bonjour Tristesse with her and David Niven, which is a great movie.
0: Sacre so, okay, bleu. Um, all right. Next up was my number one. And, cool. it's, and here's something I found interesting, something that I wanted to bring up based on what we've said earlier. Viola Davis, Sissy Spacek, and now number 15 sorry number 16 kathy bates all actresses that have not necessarily gotten a second career but they are now known for tv as well as film like kathy bates is on american horror story and is i haven't seen a single season of it but i know that she is often given like really fun characters to play um she is uh I'm not sure if she's my favorite actress anymore, but she's usually in the top three for me. I think she's a marvelous actress and one that is, you know, willing to do whatever. If it means being a complete crazy person in misery or, you know, being nude and about Schmidt playing a character that's very free with, with everything about her. Um, and I love her in primary colors. I think she's great in that. She's just a, such a dependable actress.
2: She also has a very nice turn in uh, Titanic. She does. Yes. She does,
0: yeah. And she just has such a, and she's uh, she has a nice moment in rat race. I don't know if anybody remembers oh, her no. from rat race. No, I, uh, do I saw rat race. I don't remember the moment you're talking about. Though. She's the one who I think like offers to, to like sell them a squirrel or something <laughs> like right. that. And then they say no. And so she says, okay, well you'll just go down this road and take a left. And, uh, they take a left and there's a sign. There are a number of signs that say you should have bought a squirrel and then you go off a cliff. Oh my goodness! Um, but uh, but it's uh, underrated movie. Hot take. I agree. Uh, that's I agree. The 100%. hottest <laughs> a fiery stove of hot takes. Um, but that's the thing. She can she can play drama. I think she. You know, I think she's definitely a character actress in that she tends to be cast as characters that are a bit over the top. Even in Titanic, she's, you know, Molly
2: Very Brown-ish. much larger than life. Um,
1: yeah, one thing we talked about a lot um, in some of my favorite actors last week was uh, the actors who can bring, uh, like Philip Seymour Hoffman, who can bring comedy mm-hmm. even if it's not a comedy. Yeah. And Kathy Bates is, is great at that it's because yeah. there's a – I think there's a very, like – earthy human reality to her and she's and be when she's rooted in that there's a you kind of just want to laugh with her a, a little
0: bit you know yeah and i mean even as annie wilkes there are moments when she's funny even after we've seen her be absolutely lethally crazy um and uh yeah she's just a, a very unique actress i'm i'm excited that she wound up on this list i wasn't even though i put her at number one i was not expecting her to get a lot of support so i'm excited that she did
1: yeah she was also uh, gertrude stein
0: in midnight in paris that's true yes and i c- recall her being very good in that all right number 15 this uh i I'm guess this doesn't surprise me i'm surprised it's so far down on the list that's i think that's what surprises Th- me that but, really
2: surprised me yeah
0: and it's uh, kate winslet which i guess i don't know it's uh she is you know one of the one of the big actresses uh, and has been for the last uh, 20 years i'd say because i think what sense and sensibility mm-hmm. was uh 95 so yeah it's been over 20 years at this point and she just keeps getting oscar nominations and she keeps turning in really really interesting performances
2: i'd say one of my favorite performances of hers is in little children damn right and she gets to play someone very different than her she normally does, and yeah. with body insecurities and uh the you know pressures of domesticity is that's just such an interesting role and I was very- su- pleasantly surprised by her in that
0: yeah and and stuff like uh eternal sunshine of the spotless uh, mind mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah
2: such an, like such range my yeah. goodness like i don't think I knew that she could do that until I saw that movie, and I was completely blown away
0: yeah, I tend to think of her. As Well, she is British, but I tend to think of her as very kind of upper class, maybe because of the stuff that I saw her in first. Mm. But then you see how easily she strips that off for Eternal Sunshine and Little Children that she can play. I think in Little Children, there's a scene where she's like, I know this sounds weird, but I think she's like wearing overalls. Mm-hmm. And I remember just thinking like, that's the, that's the woman from Titanic right. just playing this housewife. <laughs> just mom, who who's yes. Yeah. Uh, she can She can seem very glamorous at times mm-hmm. and very just someone you could meet uh, down the street and uh, it's interesting
1: so uh, is is Titanic the first thing you saw her in probably yes I think, I think so. for me it was probably heavenly creatures sure
2: mm-hmm. um, with the great Melanie Linsky yeah, the incredible Melanie Linsky who should be on this list
0: who i didn't even realize until recently is not from here New Zealand yeah.
2: Oh, they yeah. cast her in that. That was her first film, and they cast her out of school.
0: Yeah, and I um, haven't seen that, so I, you know, I think I saw her do uh, with her natural accent recently. Yeah. And I thought, what the hell is going on here? But
1: I guess what I'm saying is because that was what I saw first. I've always thought of Kate Winslet as having kind of an undercurrent of like poshness. No, uh, more like countercultureness. Oh, okay. Like I think of her as like, I don't know, she's like. It sits on a shelf in my brain alongside, like, the Smiths and stuff that, like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, cool high school girls are into.
0: <laughs> well, and there's also—she's uh, an interesting actress, and I, I feel—I don't know. I'm iffy about bringing this up, but there is often a great deal of sexuality in her characters, mm-hmm. um, whether it be Little Children or even Titanic, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and that's some and uh, something like The Reader, which yeah. has a lot in there, and she's somebody who—
1: I'm like Hugh Jackman. I didn't see the
0: reader. Oh, fa- fa- you know what? I bet he did see the reader. Um, <laughs> but uh, he was lying to us musically, which is so much worse. Um, but, yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like, uh, and she brings a very specific quality to these scenes where sometimes, as in the reader, she's definitely in charge. But also, I don't know, I think she brings a very she, matter-of-fact not- kind of sexuality to her Characters.
2: Yeah, she really is able to bring out what sometimes gets internalized, I think, Mm -hmm. and it's sort of this, uh, it's like this realized undercurrent of sexuality that often exists in situations, and she's able to bring that to the surface more easily.
0: Yeah, without making her character all about that.
2: Yeah, without it being threatening, it's just another facet of being a woman. Yeah. Yeah, and
0: I guess at 15, that's not bad, but given our listeners and just given that where we are right now like she's still very much she's always in consideration for like oscars and stuff like that I, I am surprised that she's as low as she is knowing again very strange 15 is not bad when you consider every actress that has ever lived and has worked in film mm-hmm. well wait
1: um, till you all see the dressmaker
0: oh fair enough damn right it's great and i still haven't seen uh was it labor day oh yeah i yeah. still want to see that
1: Okay.
2: Making pies in the kitchen. Yeah, they're Labor both Labor Day.
1: <laughs> they're both ridiculous movies. The Dressmaker, I think, is ridiculous. is great. Mm. Labor Day, I think, might be terrible, but I yeah. also am fascinated by
0: it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah. That's accurate. That's how I feel about <laughs> the Paperboy. Okay. Uh, did you ever see the Paperboy? the The Lee Daniels film. I
2: did. I liked it actually. I think it's a. It's I don't a, normally it's a, like his movies. I will say. I think it's
0: a mess.
2: Oh yeah, it's, it's a hot to, mess. But it,
0: it's boy, it's, oh. That's one of those movies that's just like, oh, Ugh. I feel like I need to take a shower afterwards. <laughs> no. Not because it's like dirty, but because it's grimy. Mm. Ugh, the South. No, thank you. Should we move on? Yes.
1: Yeah, All right, the other person up. who should have been on my list and wasn't, Catherine Deneuve, mm-hmm. uh, subject of one of our uh, artist profile episodes right. going back a few years, um, and someone that uh, um, I feel weird that I keep referencing what we talked about last week, but um, in terms of. You've got both here. You've got great characters, like, in uh, Belle de Jour, but you've also got someone who is still, like, Catherine Deneuve is still going strong. If you see the middle-brow, like, French, uh, somewhat art house movies that I see constantly, She I've seen, like, five Catherine Deneuve movies in the last five years. Either. Yeah,
2: she was in A Christmas Tale. Yeah, she's great enough. she's fantastic as this, you know, kind of really powerful matriarch who controls the whole family with a flick yeah. of her wrist and uh but this is the same woman who's in Repulsion and mm. that uh-huh. I think that was the first I saw that at the New Beverly maybe 10 years ago and that movie just was it felt so I don't know just perfectly cast and perfectly acted in that I actually still have not seen Repulsion Oh my goodness Yeah what is this um, Oh and let's
1: not forget The Umbrellas of Cherbourg Yes great movie Uh I said Bill De Jour The Young Girls of Rochefort which yeah, is uh, also which I saw an amazing movie um, I think when I did my, when we were asked to give our top 10 of all time to represent the internet, mm-hmm. at <laughs> film school rejects, I think I included, uh, the young girls of Rochefort as one of the 10 best movies of all time.
2: I think where Bridget Bardot is a very obvious kind of sexuality or a very obvious kind of like glamour, uh, Catherine Deneuve is sort of the more intelligent answer to Bridget Bardot and she <laughs> has such an emotive expressive face and is able to communicate so much about the interior life yeah. that, uh. Yeah, I think I she feel like deserves more credit than she gets sometimes. Unlike that of-
0: dummy Bridget Bardot. Right? Yeah,
2: what a lamo. <laughs> no, not to speak poorly of her, because I mean contempt. Uh, are you kidding me? Incredible performance, but yeah, she's not on the list, so we don't get to talk about her.
1: Cass's move to me is like you have like an aunt who's either like divorced or never married, and is still cool, but also still like very classy. Like she probably drinks, but also smokes weed. <laughs> but like is probably still dating and like she's 70. Like I, I have this idea of she'll
2: uh, buy you something expensive and that yeah. you don't need and you kind of don't want, but also you'll take it. Sure. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's who Catherine Deneuve is.
2: She's great. And also an incredible actress. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess there's <laughs> that too. <laughs> we'll give her that. Um, but mostly she's on this list cause of that cool aunt thing. <laughs> um, okay. So number 13, Julia Benoche.
1: Yes. Mm. And if, if, if we had done this list when I was in film school, she absolutely would have been on my, on my list because that was yeah. the time that I was, um, disco- well, I guess it was, I was in high school when I discovered Christoph Kieslowski. And then in, in mm-hmm. film schools, when I got into Michael Haneke, um, and of course mm-hmm. saw, uh, I think code unknown was the first like new Michael Haneke movie that I saw after I knew who he was, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, and she's, uh, great in that to the point where she, I mean, she's so good in that the movie is literally hard for me to watch, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I guess a lot of Hanekeen movies are hard to watch, yeah. but yeah, uh, she adds to that in, in in Code Unknown.
2: Blue is definitely probably one of the finest directed films of all time, and her performance in it is incredible. Um, and
1: then also at uh, the same time, uh, so yeah, 2000 was a big, maybe that's why 2000 was a big year for her, because yeah. over on these shores she was on the aforementioned Chocolat, in the aforementioned Chocolat um, which I saw twice in the theater and I don't think it's a very good movie. Yeah. Um, but she was also in code unknown and she was in the widow of St. Pierre. Um, oh yeah. I saw that. Um, uh, which, yeah, well, cause another, we did a profile, we profiled the director Patrice Lacan. Um, and that was, uh, now I feel very, um, I very happily embraced that I'm a big fan of romantic period melodrama movies. um, but it was, Widow of
0: Saint Pierre is really good. Yeah, it, all it was a
1: surprise to me at the time that I loved the Widow of Saint Pierre. Um, but uh, yeah, that was a the year two thousand. She was uh, yeah, back to back,
0: to back. Well, and there's there's a, a quality to her um, that you know we've talked about other other actresses uh, that bring a certain degree of, of sexuality to their roles, and I think she does that. But at the same time, she's somebody who. You know, as far back as I think that maybe the earliest thing I've seen of her is the English Patient, but that might not be true. No, I guess uh, no. Three Colors, obviously. Um, there's a real sadness to her that it's very palpable, um, even in something like *Chocolat*, where her character, for the most part, is is she's in, she's in the right and she knows she's in the right and she's a strong character. But there's there's a real sadness uh and a real loneliness that she tends to bring to her characters uh obviously something like blue it makes sense why that would be the case but um but yeah there's just something in her eyes that makes me just feel for her so much uh and i feel like there's a real vulnerability going on with her and while i do not like the english patient she is very good in it and she's playing and that's a character that is pretty much perpetually grieving um and yeah, she's a, a very magnetic actress on screen, and somebody who, the minute she shows up, I feel like I'm, I start welling up because I know that uh, this is going to be probably sad, <laughs> even if it's not. Uh, but anyway, okay, we can move <laughs> on. Even in the
1: 2002 French, French comedy Jetlag. Yep, especially. With, with her and Dan uh, in
2: real life.
0: Uh, <laughs> Dan in real life. Uh, here, uh, who's next, Tyler? Next is an actress that I'm mostly unfamiliar with. I mean, I've seen a couple things here and there. But I have not seen very much Audrey Hepburn.
2: Really? Yeah. That's strange considering she's considered, you know, one of the best actresses of all time. Yeah, I and I think it's just You know, I Well, you've seen Breakfast of Tiffany, surely. You've seen no. like what? What is going on around here? I know.
0: I saw Wait Until Dark.
2: Mm, okay. Well that's a pretty good one. I like that one.
0: Uh I remember I saw um uh Robin and Marion, mm-hmm. where she plays Maid Marion like an older yeah. Maid Marion. Uh, to Sean Connery's uh, Robin Hood, and she's very good in that. Yeah, um, but I, I'm I'm looking her up right now, and
2: uh, yeah, there's just not much that uh, she's in Funny Face with uh, Fred Astaire, I yeah. believe, and very good in that. Of course, she's in. Um,
0: I did just see my fair lady for the first time.
2: Yes. I was going to say my fair lady. She's excellent in that terrible accent, which is adorable as all get out.
0: Yeah. I do find myself wondering, I think this is a problem with the film, not necessarily her mm-hmm. performance that I find myself, uh, looking at her character and being like, you know, this Henry Higgins guy is a real jerk to her, but you know what? I think I would be too. Cause she's very annoying. Oh dear. Um, but that's, but that, that, I think that's a problem with the, with, the film and the way it maybe uh,
2: is a bit elitist. Sure. Um, she's very good at Sabrina (laughs) also, I will say.
0: (laughs) And she is in
2: Sabrina. Yeah.
0: That's funny for reasons that our listeners don't even know. um, She is, you know, I did see Sabrina and she's very good in that. I I love that scene where she's, uh, (laughs) she's trying to kill herself and she's in this garage. (laughs) Hilarious. Listen. It is,
1: it is listen so.
0: She's in this garage, and so she turns on the car. Uh, the car. I think even a couple of cars, because mm-hmm, I think
2: because it's, it's the chauffeur's garage. Yeah. There's a lot of cars.
0: So she turns on all these cars so that she'll, you know, uh, uh, asphyxiate. But she also finds that it's ah, ah, it's a little little uh, musty in here uh, because of all the fumes. So she goes to like open a window, like instinctively, uh-huh. to let the fumes out, even though. It doesn't occur to her that she's now doing op- she's doing opposite things, and it's the most charming scene I've ever seen. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I guess I have seen more of her than I realize.
1: So her um, style, I stepped out for a second. Okay, you mentioned Wait Until Dark? Yes. Yet? Okay,
2: Her style and um, I think her attitude also inspired countless generations of women. So yeah. I think as a style icon and as uh, someone who's seen and is very elegant and classy, uh, she and Marilyn Monroe probably vie for most influential.
0: <laughs> and I guess uh, I haven't seen Roman holiday. I haven't seen oh, breakfast at Tiffany. So, so like those are two of the, of the she's really ones. great in Roman holiday. I gotta, I guess I gotta see it.
2: There were seeing. I mean, Cary Grant's in that one. Yeah,
0: I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Cary, Gant- Cary Grant has its moments. The his fourth moments, best actor of all time. That's what I've heard. I don't remember where I heard that. Should let's, we move on?
1: Let's move on to number 11. We're on the,
0: we're on the brink of the top right. 10 here. Is um, one that I submitted. Uh, why don't you introduce them? It is uh, Frances McDormand, who is, I think, one of the most interesting American actors uh, to come about in the last 20, 25 years. Um, I guess, was uh, Blood Simple her debut? Uh, I, think, I think it was.
1: Yeah, um, yes, it was, according to IMDb.
0: Yeah, she's somebody who has been incredibly interesting when she was young. All the way through now. I don't know how old she is. I think I assume she's probably in her fifties. Um, but yeah, I, you see Fargo, and I think Fargo is probably like her essential role. But at the same time, she's great and almost
2: famous. I was gonna say almost famous. She's so delightful. Yeah,
0: which is a movie I don't like that much, but she's wonderful in all of it. You know, mm-hmm. um, she's great. We can't just name Coen Brothers
1: movies, but she's great in Raising Arizona. Yeah, you know, And she's like you got to do that. You got to get the baby's dip tet.
0: Um, anyway uh, she was in a movie called North Country did you ever see it mm-hmm. no. it's not good okay uh, but putting um, it on go, my list go yeah. on <laughs> <laughs> tell me more <laughs> you listening. know what it is good until the third act uh, and then the third act there's a trial come on people mm-hmm. it's 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 a really that part of it is really bad but the lead performance uh, the lead uh, actress is uh, Charlize Theron um, and Frances McDormand is in a supporting role and she playing kind of this, uh, cause it's all these working class characters and she kind of plays this tough broad and, and she's, she seems very much unlike her. Um, when I think of, of France McDormand, I, I, I think of her as somebody who's often very capable, but also can, Maybe sometimes go to pieces, but I might be thinking about almost famous in that regard um, so for her to play this this very i don't think she actually chomps a cigar, and yet somehow in my mind she does in that in that movie uh, I'm not sure if I would recommend the movie, but at the same time, you would need to watch the movie to see her performance because she is marvelous uh in that movie. Uh, I like her in you know the man who wasn't there she's very good in Mississippi burning mm-hmm. she's yeah. just. She's somebody who brings, obviously, brings a lot of humor to every character, and brings a a lot of vulnerability, especially when she was younger. And in Blood Simple, she's uh, she seems very not damsel in distress ish, but she's someone that you want to protect.
1: It's weird how I was thinking about how rarely she plays that sort of um, girlfriend or love interest mm-hmm. role. Uh, in mean, Blood Blood Simple, she's kind of a co lead, I guess, to a certain extent. But uh, I'd say she's more John gets.
2: Mm.
0: You think she's the lead? I guess I guess co-leads.
2: Um, I think yeah, of I think
1: her
0: was, more, but maybe it's because um, I know her more.
1: But she did play a, a girlfriend role in a movie that I love, which is Darkman.
0: <laughs> yeah. She's the
1: girlfriend <laughs> in that, and I think she's great. Um, but, yeah, uh, and finally, uh, I know we're a movie podcast, we're talking about movies, but if you haven't seen Olive Kittredge, um, the oh, movie series sure. from a, a year or two ago, um, it's great. Uh, not just for... Andy Samberg's Emmys joke when he said, I didn't see all of Kittredge. I only saw half of Kittredge. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's funny. That's terrible. <laughs> all
1: right. Uh, that's my kind of my
0: kind humor. That is very much your kind of humor, which reminds me. Uh, can we not be hang out, hang out anymore? Okay. It's just <laughs> off-putting. We actually don't. That's true. We I do mean, this podcast together. Yeah. Oh, I was uh, going to replace you uh, with Amanda, actually. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm here. I'm ready. <laughs> Let's do this. Um, okay, all number right, 10. Into the top 10. Yes. Here we go. Who is it? It is Liv Ullman, an actress oh. that I mostly am unfamiliar with uh, because I've seen uh, criminally few Bergman films. What I saw have you pers- been
2: doing with your life? <laughs> I've
0: been doing this dumb podcast. Yeah, it takes
2: up so much time. You don't have no time to see Bergman? <laughs> exactly. What's going on?
0: Um, no, oddly enough, the, the movies I've, I've seen of his are not, you know, I, I did see Persona, um, which... I thought well, was amazing. Checked
2: that box then. Yeah, didn't exactly.
0: We? That's one down. Bergman.
2: I get it. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> uh,
0: but you know, I saw seven seal. I saw, um, wild strawberries. I've seen, uh, the virgin spring. So like not her movies. Mm-hmm. I didn't see cries and whispers, which I've heard is marvelous. Um, but yeah, so enough about what I haven't seen. Let's talk about what you guys have seen. Live <laughs> well, only. I, wow. Me
1: recently, uh, someone recently within the past year saw the Criterion put out the blu-ray of the, um, Jan Troil, um, diptych uh the emigrants in the new land uh, mm-hmm. with her and uh max van siddow and a uh, cast of thousands of <laughs> a dozen or so other people sure um but that's uh, i don't know if you've seen these movies um they're they're both more than two and a half hours long but it's really just one it's like a, essentially one six hour movie that was released uh in two parts a year apart mm-hmm. um and uh yeah she's uh terrific in that as um someone who is uh I think you know we were talking about Frances McDormand playing like the girlfriend role in in this. She's very much she's very much the wife to Max von Sydow, but it's not that it's the movie or the story that's making her secondary. It's her her adherence to traditional uh, domestic roles and um, uh, also very much religious roles. She's much more religious than he is, um, so you see. You see someone giving a full performance as a as an, uh, a secondary human being. I guess is what I'm saying. It's a it's a fine line that she's walking there, but I think it's a it's a terrific performance.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I think we should move on to number nine. Somebody who honestly is not is just not on my radar for the most part, and that is Betty Davis. I've seen all about Eve. And she is, of course, marvelous in it, Mm -hmm. as is everybody, you know, a a movie that has Betty Davis and George Sanders. That's the classiest yet cattiest movie that could ever exist. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think uh, I think I've only seen maybe one or two of the movies that she's been in. And Well, of course, uh, there's The Watcher in the Woods, uh, which I watched when I was a kid, uh, as we all did. Um, But yeah, she's yet another person that I'm mostly unfamiliar with.
2: Uh, there's one film of hers that I really dearly love called Dark Victory, mm-hmm. um, with a very young Humphrey Bogart playing like a stable hand. It's kind of funny, but uh, she's a woman who you know has this contagion or this disease that's very debilitating, and uh, in the end, I think loses her eyesight and is on the brink of death. And throughout the film, she has this sort of low simmering rage, which I kind of have come to think of as the Betty Davis mm. staple. Is this kind of like internalized fire and this internalized fight against people. And I think that, uh, she was very popular for her beauty and, uh, is obviously well known as a very fine film actress, but I think that that kind of underlying anger is uh, something you don't, people aren't often known for that. And I think that that's kind of a wonderful characteristic of an actor.
0: It it is interesting that, um, that I know more about her Mm -hmm. than Mm. I've seen of her. You know, um, and not merely that, uh, apparently she has very interesting eyes, uh, based on that song by, I don't remember, um, um Kim, Kim, some, Kim, yes. Uh, but one of the things that I, that I, that just has, has seeped into pop culture in regards to her is that there is a toughness to her, um, that I guess you could say about a number of the notable actresses of the time. You know, like a Catherine Hepburn and, and a few Crawford. other people that we're going to get to, Joan Crawford. Um, and she was in uh Whatever Happened to Baby Jane with Joan Crawford, yeah. correct? Um, which I haven't seen, but I've also heard – have you seen it?
2: Not in a long time. Like not enough to like remember much about it.
0: I've heard that that's a movie that you need to see but is also super trashy and you probably shouldn't see.
2: Oh, dear. When I say you, I mean
0: obviously everybody. Oh, I know. So it's one that I kind of have –
2: People say Stay that about me, but I shouldn't <laughs> see
0: it. <to laughs> it. you yeah. like, really get a Brown.
2: My goodness.
0: <laughs> like when, when we announced that you were going to be on this episode, say, People like, Hey, just when you get to Betty, Davis, don't let her
2: see it, please. Just, we <laughs> just know it's trashy. Such a she shouldn't see it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um,
1: but I yeah, will yeah, point out, I'm also not very, uh, as familiar as I should be with Betty Davis, but I did see a movie, uh, called thank you, lucky stars. Um, which I saw, um. at, uh, sorry, I just got a concerning text. Um, I saw in a, uh, class I took in film school on war propaganda and thank you. Lucky oh, stars is a movie where a bunch, a whole bunch of Hollywood actors play themselves. And it's basically just a two hour sort of review. That's basically trying to tell you to buy war bonds. Um, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. Well, uh, did you buy any? <laughs> I, I did. I did not buy any war bonds, <gasps> David.
2: Well, it's now like America is mean- going to go to hell because of you. <laughs> exactly. So,
0: um, so I think we'll uh, So our
2: homework from this episode is to see way more Betty Davis films yeah, all absolutely. of us.
0: Yeah, she I mean she okay, not that not that Oscars means everything but she won a number of Oscars.
2: Uh, no, she I think it's just a, a matter of time honestly. I think the more removed we get from the earlier Yeah. uh you know part of the last century it's just harder to yeah. access those films or to want to see them. I think yeah. oftentimes they seem very slow to us today and our attention wanders or, you know, there's still fantastic films, but it's just harder to make yourself watch things like that sometimes.
0: And I think if I'm being honest with myself, um, you know, I may be a movie, I, I'm 34 years old. I may be like a big movie person right now. And I always have been, but for a good portion of my life, I was a young man who wasn't that interested in older movies. But if I was, I was interested in film noir specifically. Like, and and it was like, humphrey bogart that attracted me to a movie uh not a katherine hepburn not a uh betty davis uh or barbara Stanwyck, uh who we'll talk about in a moment but um spoilers Spoilers. yeah yeah by Um, the time this episode goes up people know that already
2: i Um, wonder so much if that toughness that we see in them is kind of fighting for spotlight or fighting for attention and having to like kind of be the only one on your team in a sense in that system in that day and age
0: Yeah. yeah it could be and it's uh and it's frustrating to me that w- something like this, and, and my my general uh, unfamiliarity with with Betty Davis, like it frustrates me that you know, not that not that I am not that I associate her with romantic comedies, but let's go back to like Audrey Hepburn. I I have no doubt that I would watch Breakfast at Tiffany's now and enjoy it tremendously, especially that uh, Mickey Rooney character. Um, oh, but then, God. same with Roman Holiday.
2: I'm sure I would enjoy that as well. But neither of those is romantic or comedy. By the way, I thought they were romantic. Well, they're romantic, yes, but they're not okay. like romantic comedies. We'll, we'll just
0: say we'll say romance or romantic comedies. Either oh, one. Right. Um, I wasn't interested in either one when I was younger, and so it's only probably in the last five, 10 years that I have started to recognize, Oh no, there's good stuff here. Um,
2: it's hard to fill in the backlog too. Yeah. I think that there's so many new films coming out, but something that always concerned me with film criticism especially was that lack of the foundational understanding to yeah. see where things came from. And I definitely have plenty of those holes in my own education as well that I need to fill, but it's also like, eh, there's so little time. And I don't know. I hate, I hate that laziness in myself though.
0: <laughs> well, and that's, it's, it's frustrating. Cause if, if you're going to be, you know, uh, if, if you're the kind of film critic I am, which is uh, one who has a day job, mm-hmm. um, then it's like, okay, I've got two hours to see a movie. I can either go back and watch something amazing that I know is good that nobody is talking about, as David was talking, you know, mentioned earlier that Jim Gaffigan bit about heat, uh, or I could watch something that's in theaters now and be part of the conversation people are having. And it's just, and you wind up, I wind up picking the, the latter option which is uh, mm. very frustrating then I, you know for Christmas I get a bunch of movies and I've got the time because I'm taking time off work and then I go and watch Red River and realize it's one of the best movies I've ever seen mm. um, and I curse myself for not having seen it uh, earlier but uh, but yeah so Dark Victory is the one that you come away with uh, I really I've
2: seen it several times and I think it's great
0: and uh, she was also in a film called uh, Jezebel that I've heard wonderful mm-hmm. things about I'm so and, glad we had you on the podcast <laughs> yeah it's uh, very helpful
2: everyone always says that so so
0: <laughs> yeah, it, you're going to make a really great replacement, i got to say. Um, number eight. This And this surprises me as well. So, much, so many so a many actresses on this list surprised me. Yes. Pleasantly, I would say.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Ellen Burstyn.
2: Oh, so good.
0: Is And I guess I have seen more stuff of hers than I thought I had when I was looking through her filmography. But uh, I the- know her primarily from The Exorcist, I would say. Oh, interesting. Really, see, that's
1: interesting. I feel like I her her seventies stuff like like that um and um which well, she's in like the last picture show Yes, she right? is. but i well, she had like a career resurgence starting with Requiem for a dream right, and I think i am more uh i, I just have more in my more in mind of her year two thousand on her twenty first century work than the seventies hmm. stuff,
0: yeah, and I mean that's when she that's when she won her Oscar for Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, um, which I actually haven't seen. I've heard it's marvelous. And, it's, and that's a Scorsese film, correct? Mm-hmm. And it's that's interesting. Like
2: She's she's really good, and it. it's a very timely film.
0: Yeah, I, I have no doubt. Do you think, because it's timely, do you think that's why it's not... Despite it being a Scorsese film, it's not a movie that anybody ever talks about when they talk about Scorsese. So do you think, because <laughs> it's timely, that's one of the reasons people... That I just don't hear about it very much?
2: Um... I think that it, like, obviously it is of a certain time, but I think that it, it also lacks sort of the more punchy things that Swarisee is mm-hmm. known for. It's, It lacks the excitement of, like, you know, a gangs of New York, if you will. Uh, <laughs> An age of innocence. Sure, you know. You know. <laughs> the big ones. Uh, right. You know, I think that he's. it's easier to recall films that he's made that are more yeah. expansive, and I think that that's a film more about interior life. So,
0: Well, and I would love to see it simply because... It, a, a, a woman is the, is the lead character.
2: And I hesitate that that may be why. But he does so well at like uh, bringing forth male characters. Mm-hmm. And he, I think, he identifies so strongly with the masculine. And I think mm-hmm. that's so apparent in his work that I yeah. think that maybe it's easier for people that align really strongly with him and with his work to kind of overlook films that are yeah. maybe about women. Which, uh, and that's you know and that's something that i feel like uh
0: i would be very interested in looking further into or into at all because how this guy who is very interested in masculinity could approach a movie like Alice doesn't live here anymore which is a, about a, a woman whose marriage is uh, falling apart or has fallen apart mm-hmm. um so like a woman who's striving for independence what would that look like mm-hmm. um but i do love her in the exorcist um where she just it's such a, it's so fascinating. I guess that's the beauty of the movie is that there's all this crazy stuff happening, but in a very innocuous place, mm-hmm. which is you know just the suburbs, and I guess not really the suburbs, but in a, in a very domestic environment. And that she's uh, that she's this actress, and there's she's not in the midst. She's not like an old time horror character. She is very modern, and there's all this stuff happening, and she's just trying to figure it out the way we all would, and. And she's trying to hold it together. That's the other thing. She's trying to hold it together in the midst of terrifying things happening. And eventually she doesn't.
2: That's the same description I would use for Requiem for, Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> sure. So, yeah. Same thing. Trying to hold it together and then she doesn't. Which, yeah, incredible performance in that film as well.
0: Yeah. David and I are, are not, like, I think you and I both have sort of knee-jerk reactions to Requiem for a Dream. Because so many I'm people not a big fan it. of the movie, but I think yeah. she's great. Yeah, she um, is marvelous in it.
1: And she continues to be a uh, vital actress. Uh, uh, I don't know if either of you saw Wiener Dog from this year, but mm-hmm. she's great in that. Uh, and then a couple of years ago, she had a recurring role on Louis. Oh, um, she was, oh, she was very her. good in that, yeah. yes. Um, playing a, I want to say, a Ukrainian woman, Rome- right? Oh, Romanian? I don't know. Maybe it was Romanian. Uh, Eastern yeah. Bloc.
0: Yes, yes. She also has a, a, a nice scene in uh, Interstellar. Where, uh, she does. Yeah. It's,
2: that's right. Yeah.
0: Considering, I don't think that movie's is remarkably well written. I forgot
2: but, it existed. So
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> now that you mention it, I, it comes back to mind. <laughs> and she and she does, and
0: that scene is very powerful. Mm-hmm. And and it's it almost like the, like you mentioned with Sigourney Weaver. It's for a movie nerd. It's just like, oh, Ellen Burstyn's playing the older. Uh, <laughs> what a treat! <laughs> interesting, interesting. But she actually does something with it, which is right. nice. Um, okay, so let's move on to on. someone
1: who is absolutely on my list. Okay, and that's the great Jenna Rollins. Mm. Yes,
0: yeah, she was on mine as well. Yeah. Um,
1: um I mean I guess mostly uh, mostly associate her with her um, with her yeah, yeah uh, with with one of the influence and in opening night and faces. Love
2: yeah. streams.
1: Love streams. I've never seen Gloria. I've
0: never, Gloria. I've never seen Gloria.
2: Husbands? Question. Uh, mark? Oh husbands,
0: yeah. I saw husbands. yeah I like it. That's a good movie. Um Minnie and Moskowitz, which I actually never saw. Um but yeah, I, I think A Woman Under the Influence. Uh, when I was uh, over at More Than One Lesson a couple years ago, I made a list of my favorite uh, performances, like my favorite lead male performances, lead female performances. And I believe uh, her performance in A Woman Under the Influence was number one. Um, what about her performance in The Notebook? She is very good in The Notebook. Uh, don't get me wrong, I, I like that movie more than. Not even more than I should. I like that movie no, more than everyone one loves would expect. That movie. Hot yes.
2: takes. <laughs> They're the hottest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. I do like this little theme song you have for hot takes.
2: I make a theme song for everything. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I'm
1: don't apologize at all. I like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, it's yeah, she's fantastic, but it, uh, a woman under the influence is always, uh, I think going to be the, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? The masthead on her career. Is that right?
0: <laughs> Lef- <laughs>
2: Lieutenant <laughs> Rollins. Uh,
0: yeah, I think, I think so. I think that will be her, her most essential performance, but she is, like, when I think of her, that I think of that first, and then I think of Faces. I really like her mm. in Faces. Um, uh, and I love Opening Night.
2: Oh, interesting.
0: <sighs> she's great in Opening Night. I don't like the movie that much, but really? I think she's very good in it. Um, but, yeah, uh, she— you know I like movies about uh, drunks.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I seriously, we we like, all, it like all, being, I'm joking, but when we talked about, like, our pet themes, like— I do tend to have a thing for movies about drunk.
2: We all like to see ourselves on screen, so <laughs> sure. it makes sense.
0: Absolutely. Representation is important. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, drunk <laughs> drunk theater people. That's you all over. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I, the one that wrote the blurb uh, about uh, Jenna Rollins uh, at battleshippretension.com. And uh, one of the things that I mentioned is that I feel like she is... And I think you could probably say this about most of the actresses on this list, but I would say she's a remarkably, notably unselfconscious actress. Like, she's going to do whatever she needs to do, uh, as evidenced probably most by a woman under the influence, where I think she acknowledges, like, this character is going to be bothersome to the audience sometimes.
2: (laughs) Well, her stories of working with Cassavetes are just incredible. The things he would do to, like, evoke these performances out of her is very outside the box.
0: And I think... I genuinely think that he made her a better actress, and she made him a better filmmaker I think they At just, what
2: cost but yeah, yeah sure
0: yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah, speaking of drunks uh, he did drink himself together <laughs> um but yeah it's uh it, it does make sense that she that her best performances are in his films. Cause he sure. did seem to just get something out of her that
2: he knows her the best. Yeah. I mean, who would know you better than that? You know?
0: Yeah. And I do need to see Gloria cause I, I was looking it up, uh, when I was, uh, going to write this blurb and I realized like, Oh, the nature of that character and that story sounds very, very interesting to me mm-hmm. in which she's playing a very strong, uh, a character who's trying to be very strong.
1: Um, Quick aside before the next transition: Have you? Has either of you seen "Don't Think Twice" yet? The new Mike Birbiglia
0: no. movie.
2: Yes.
1: Um, well, uh, the Gillian or Jillian—I don't know how you say her name. From uh, everyone
2: says it differently, yeah. from what I can tell, on the world. So, <laughs> but,
1: uh, yeah, dealer's Brit choice from Community does a Roll- Jenna Rollins in one of the influence impression. Really? She's because she's she's insistent actress. on
2: it. <laughs>
1: yeah. And one of her characters is Jenna Rollins from *Woman of the influence as an umpire.
2: And, it's, <laughs> and b- it's very funny. And she's advised that it might be a bit too obscure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that might be a, that might be a ticket seller for it, me. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was not that interesting, but it's uh, pretty
2: accurate. So I was like, Oh, Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a good impression. Mm hmm.
0: That's Let's exciting move on. to me.
1: Number six, the great Julianne Moore.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm N- a fan. <laughs> yeah, I am as well. Moving on. No, <laughs> yeah, this is uh, what we were saying about Kate Winslet being surprised that that was that she was as low. Julianne Moore ranks, uh, given our listeners and where we are right now, like it's you know the the year it is and where she is in her career. I'm not surprised that she ranked this high. I was at first, then I thought, no, this is. She, well, Philip Seymour Hoffman ranked very high on our actors list. I believe he was number two. And I would say that for people of our generation, I feel like she might be kind of the female Philip Seymour Hoffman.
2: She's in everything. Yeah. She's that's true. completely great. Every time she does anything, yeah. she's in all different types of movies too, which I think yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman definitely was like, yeah low-budget strange indies to big blockbusters yeah. and yeah
0: she can play a, a woman who's about to uh, succumb to dementia or c- she can be chased by dinosaurs
2: yeah she does it all
0: um and i feel like she's often uh, in in and both of them were in you know big lebowski and both of them were in magnolia and boogie nights she's in
2: shortcuts also she is
0: a lot of her is in shortcuts uh, i wasn't <laughs> expecting that um, I, it feels a little exploitative actually, uh, that, that oh, moment now I know, I know
2: <laughs> Altman <explicitly>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, please. You know,
0: like I wrote a, I wrote a paper about, uh, the misogyny in Altman films. And, uh, I don't know if I mentioned shortcuts as far as just his rela- that's just all purpose, uh, misanthropic that film, but it does seem, it's, it's not just not like
2: entirely his though. So you can't it's like Chandler and all that, sure, so you sure. can't like blame him completely, but you know.
0: I could see him being like, "I don't find this character interesting." Do you mind taking off uh, your uh, pants? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like Altman, but uh, yeah, he's not perfect. Um, but yeah, uh, I think she's. Uh, I think she does do some really good work with uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. Um, she it, there is a really wonderful element to her character in Boogie Nights, where there, she's obviously very motherly but also sisterly at the same time. Mm-hmm. She's a mother that t- has sex with her kids. That's mm-hmm. a weird thing. Uh, <laughs> but it still, it still works, uh, and I still feel for it's her.
1: Weird. The, the sister thing is weird, too.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, if I had to, <laughs> I'd probably go sister. Oh um, God.
2: <laughs> um, uh, she's really great in recent films, too. Like, the kids are all right. The are all yeah. right. I no, love Really great performance.
0: Do you Re- know, Tyler's hot take. Does not like that movie. I don't think it's very good, but I think the actor, I think the acting is very good all around. I think a lot of good acting. <laughs> a lot. That's acting. Ah, man, that's some, man, that's some good acting over there, if I do say. <laughs> not some good uh, scriptoring. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, I, and I think it's good unfortunate lowering. <laughs> It is a bummer that she didn't get singled out enough in that movie. Like, everybody focused on Annette Betting, and she's great.
2: I mean, she's great at ensemble, though. Like, that's one of her secret weapons, is I think that she elevates ensembles like nobody else. Like, adds legitimacy, Mm -hmm. adds flair. Like, what Maisie knew, no one gives a crap about that movie, but she was great in it. I did not see that one. No one saw it. She (laughs) was so good.
1: Do you think she elevated the work of Sylvester Stallone and Antonio Banderas and Richard Donner's Assassins?
2: Yes. Which is I a, have not seen that.
1: It's a delightfully terrible movie. Mm. She plays a hacker.
2: Oh boy.
0: <laughs> what year did that come out? 95. I'm gonna say, yeah. Yeah. Mm. A hacker, you say. <laughs> yeah. In ninety-five. <'95.
2: laughs> now uh, this time this in two thousand sixteen she played a growth hacker instead, <laughs> I bet. That's very inside baseball. Never mind.
0: Okay. Did you see Vanya on Forty Second Street?
2: I don't think so, no. It
0: is a wonderful film that is. Sort of a concert film slash documentary slash actual adaptation of so Uncle Vanya?
2: Three of my least favorite
0: genres oh, all
2: wrapped up into one thing. Wait, no, oh, let's run them down again. Hold on. What are the three?
0: Sort of a concert film. Okay. Documentary. Okay. And uh, uh,
2: uh, adaptation. adaptation
0: of uh, Uncle Vanya.
2: It's a very specific dislike, but I have it.
1: Why don't you like concert films? Because I'm here with you.
2: Um, I don't like musicals, I, uh, other than old ones. I don't like Once. I think it's probably one of the most egregious forms of it. I don't like most things Broadway-related. Uh, like I like The Last Five Years, but I love any... I don't know. Divorce musical appeals to me. But huh,
1: I didn't oh see boy. that. I liked Once, though. Are you excited for La La Land? I mean,
2: everyone fall? is losing their minds over it. Um, I've heard... T- hot takes from a lot of uh-huh. female critics at TIFF that, uh, it, Toronto
0: International Film Festival.
2: Yes. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> film Twitter is addling my brains. Um, yeah. The people I, who voted
1: for uh, <laughs> Maria Falconetti are going to get lost when you drop yeah, TIFF's t- true. Uh,
2: yes. One of the more obscure film festivals <laughs> out there in <laughs> <along laughs> Venice and Sundance. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I'll obviously see it. I love everything that, you know, Ryan Gosling does. Sorry. Uh-huh. There was no end to that sentence. Cause I was just thinking about Ryan Gosling, but yes,
0: it happens the best of us. Uh, yeah. When, um, when I say concert film, there's no actual music involved. Oh, I just mean that God. like, it's, it's of a stage performance.
2: It's well, a, that sounds like music, doesn't it?
0: I know, but it's, it's uh, uncle Vanya. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a very hard film to pin down and I think everybody should see it, well, I but will she's, see it, then, she is part that, of the ensemble yeah. and she is marvelous. Mm-hmm. um, But yeah, and I actually did not see Still Alice, which she won her Oscar
2: for. I did not either because my grandmother had recently died of Alzheimer's and I did not feel like sobbing myself to sleep. So I don't (laughs) blame you. But Um, I would like to see it soon because that is a very important topic to me. And obviously she did win the Oscar for it. So,
0: um, but yeah, and I'm trying to think like some of the other things that uh, she is, you know what, as people talk about the Big Lebowski, they don't talk about her enough. No. She is a delight in that, you know, he's a good man Mm -hmm. and thorough. Just so, like, (laughs) the way she can, like, assault you with the word thorough is, uh, is delightful. Mm -hmm. Um, she also does
2: an amazing, uh, Boston accent in 30 Rock. (laughs) I know we keep bringing it back to TV, but I I didn't know how funny she was until, (laughs) uh, you know, that she really just is so funny in that role.
1: She just, um, speaking of TV, she just, like, a week or two ago showed up on Difficult People, the Hulu show. mm -hmm. She was, uh, played uh, an executive at Josh Gad's production company, Gadzooks. Oh, my (laughs) Lord. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's... uh, And there's a a uh, terrific visual gag in she's like an executive a uh, terrific ter- ter- visual gag that goes completely uncommented on where both of her assistants are also redheaded women. Uh, as a <laughs> difficult people is such a great show. Do you watch difficult people?
0: I do. I've not seen a single episode, but you know what? I think I'm, I think you're winning me over. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Fantastic. All right. Uh, number five, we're in the top five now. Yeah. Number five, not surprised. Not at all. Kate Blanchett.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm having the opposite problem of Betty Davis here. Betty Davis, I was going through, and I was like, oh, I've only seen a couple of these things. Yeah. I'm going through Cate Blanchett's filmography, and we could do three hours on yeah. how amazing she is in every single movie she's in.
2: Yeah. I mean, da- Carol is the most obvious. Carol, yes,
1: that's great. That's um, recent. Coffee and cigarettes, dual oh, roll. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just looking at, oh, yeah, she's in Hot Fuzz. Everyone, No one knows she's in <laughs> Hot right. Fuzz because she's oh, completely yeah. uh, covered up uh, but she's in one scene in Hot Fuzz. Um, but uh, what was the one I was going to say? The Aviator, which is Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. She's
2: very good in that. She's terrific. Elizabeth?
0: She, yeah. I think uh, I first saw her Eliz- in must, Elizabeth. I think
2: that was kind of her introduction to...
0: And I remember being astonished. And this is back, I didn't care much about the Oscars. Uh, but that was when I started to be more interested in movies in general. And I saw Elizabeth in the theater and I remember thinking like, this is really good and she's really good. And mm-hmm. when I saw that she, Gwyneth Paltrow is perfectly fine in Shakespeare and Love. Don't get me wrong. She's very effective. Mm-hmm. But I remember thinking like, well, obviously you should go to this Kate Blanchett woman, right? Obviously. Yep. Cause Whoops. I think she is marvelous in Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. To
1: talk about uh, range. Yeah. She's terrific in Elizabeth and she's obviously she's queen fucking Elizabeth in that yeah. movie. Um, and then the next year she's in the talented Mr. Ripley where she's oh. Meredith, who's yes. like a very sympathetic, but kind of, In some ways, kind of a pathetic
2: character. It's a thankless role. Uh,
1: But she's terrific. Um, But, like, she is so meek in in that role. It's a back-to-back to to play those two. Um, Sometimes, I've I've made this comment before, sometimes it takes me, as someone who doesn't think very deeply about acting to my uh, uh, discredit, um, it takes me two performances to realize someone's good. You know what I mean? Like I need to see like a
2: little bit, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. But I had to see them do two things very different before it occurs to me. Like, oh right,
0: she's so so
2: good in Blue Jasmine too. Mm -hmm. I mean, unbelievable.
0: And uh, so I want to I want to go back here and and make sure I've got this uh, I've got this right. Um, Yeah. So she was in. you mentioned – oh, yeah. Okay, so she was in Elizabeth, then she was in Talented Mr. Ripley, and then I think uh, two years later she was in Bandits. I never saw that.
2: I never saw that.
0: I thought you and I watched it together. No, it's the Bruce Willis, Billy Bob Thornton yeah. movie. and she's playing a character that's not quite as tragic as her character in Blue Jasmine, but every bit is, like, neurotic and, and okay. she's, is that just kind of disappears. Is uh, Barry
1: Levinson film?
0: I believe so. Okay. Um, and then she – but that's the thing. When you see her in Lord of the Rings – it feels like, well, obviously that's just what the part she should play all the time, right? There's just such majesty to it (laughs) Mm -hmm. that it's weird when she turns around and turns in such a wonderful performance in Blue Jasmine. Mm -hmm. And just so sad. I know. And yet funny and yet annoying. And
2: so neurotic and so wonderful. Like, so many different sides to her.
0: Um, She
1: can even be great in movies that I think are dreadful, like I'm Not There. (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah. she
2: was so good in that. Yeah,
1: she's fantastic. I I, um, would not waste another...
0: 10 minutes of my life watching that movie, though. We were talking about Soderbergh earlier. Mm-hmm. She was in the Good German, essentially being Marlena Dietrich.
2: One for them. Yeah. As he would say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you think so? Oh, please. That seemed very. Well, the, way, the way he well, shot it actually. seemed very one for, one for him.
2: One for nobody. <laughs> yeah, I, think I think we can all agree. Even,
0: <laughs> yeah. But she is wonderful in it. And she's, well, yes. she's you know, very obviously uh, doing a, a Marlena Dietrich character, mm-hmm. but she's also not merely doing an impression. She's also trying to imbue the character with something. And then I will go back to uh note on a scandal, um, that, uh, she was in with, uh, Judy Dench. And once again, like she's okay. So not, not merely because they're both named Kate, but she is like Kate Winslet in this regard that, Yes, she can seem very. She can seem like the Queen of England. She can seem like this uh, this elf queen in uh, Lord of the Rings. But then she can also seem just like a sad housewife who has an affair with a fifteen year old kid and notes on a scandal who can just make terrible decisions and do things that I definitely condemn. Uh, and can seem remarkably pathetic and small, uh, and do them equally effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, she has tremendous range. Yes.
2: I'm just so luminous, uh, like you said, just so just your eye is just drawn yeah. to her in whatever role she's luminous. In. Is so that
1: brings word. me to like, uh, it, Carol obviously is great. Um, it was one of my favorite movies of last year. But if there's any yeah. downside to Carol, it's the fact that it overshadowed her other great 2015 performance in Cinderella.
2: Yeah, damn right. Oh, that came out, huh? You don't oh, care for Cinderella?
0: I saw it. I never. It, 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 it was in the top yeah. spot. Is it, my what bothered you? Was time. it the, the magical spirit? Or I never what? saw it. Oh, okay. You got to see
2: it. Oh. It's, it's well, so good. You know. I think you'd like it. Life is very short. Oh. oh. And there
1: is no time for fussing and fighting my friend.
0: <laughs> that is a weird pull, but I get it. <laughs> okay. It's from good. National Improves oh, Loaded I Weapon I wasn't going
1: to say what it was from. I was going to leave that. Yes. I am referencing National Anthem's Loaded yeah. Weapon 1.
0: <laughs> you, what's interesting is that that line is notable for not being a quote that you have now quoted.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: That is, uh, David, I am proud of you. Oh, you know well, what? You're back on the show. Okay, thank oh, you. Oh, it was so, good while it lasted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So here, with these next three, and I'm not saying we should say them all together. With these next three, these are actresses from like the golden age of film uh, whose heyday was you know the 40s and 50s. Um, and it's just fascinating to me. Uh, and I'm trying to think why, you know, admittedly with, with the, with the, uh, the top five actors, you had like Jimmy Stewart, Cary Grant and Marlon Brando, but you also had a very, you had Daniel Day-Lewis and Philip Seymour Hoffman. So like very modern actors. That's
2: a great representation.
0: I, th- uh, yeah, I guess so. It's it's weird. It wouldn't have occurred to me to put Daniel Day Lewis on there, but I I guess he is synonymous with like very specifically great acting.
2: Yeah. Um, I guess that's his thing, I if guess, you will. Yeah, I guess <laughs> if if you are an actor, performances every <laughs> yeah. single time. But yeah, you know, I guess if you are an actor, you want to be a
0: good one. Um, it's this thing we're doing, but uh, but yeah, I do. Uh, for some reason, it, it maybe because the actresses just uh, these next few weren't necessarily on my radar. Like number four, Barbara Stanwyck.
2: I was very surprised to see this. Yeah, considering I don't know. Yeah,
0: there was there was a short time. Uh, it was only a couple of days when she occupied number
2: one. Number one.
0: Yeah. Now, admittedly, like these top four, it was. Oh yeah, it just went up and down, up and down. But she was number one for about three days.
2: I'm going to just show my utter non-knowing of her and what give me some titles here. Well, double, double Indemnity, indemnity is all I, is. that's okay. all I have
1: that's the big one and well, she was also in um, uh, an early Frank Capra film called The Bitter Tea of General Yen, which is a really good movie and, and she's good in, in that uh, as well but yeah I think this might be a case of her character in Double Indemnity being so definitive um, that that's
2: so strange to me because I would pit you know Vivian Lee's performance in Gone with the Wind as like a, I don't yeah. know or like anyone from like maybe that era, just is so out of like Marilyn Monroe, or I don't, it just seems
1: so strange to me. But I think me. it's it's more specific than that. Where in *Double Indemnity*, she's the maybe in a lot of people's eyes the quintessential femme fatale. I I would bring up some other uh, examples, but like it's as far as the great noir films,
2: yeah. She, okay, and I'm, I'm, drawing, I'm
1: drawing. I'm drawing. I'm uh, drawing a blank on what her character's name even is. Phyllis Dietrichson. Uh, Phyllis Dietrichson. Yeah that's why i'm drawing a blank on it. It's <laughs> no it's no Bridget O'Shaughnessy as far as right, fem, femme fatale names go. Um
0: but if that's but if that's what you're thinking of if you're thinking like how do you not arrive at Lauren Bacall. Not yes. that she's a femme fatale but she is in movies she's like that and for she's for that era. Yeah. yeah.
1: But, uh, but just like you said not that she's a femme fatale like yeah. femme fatale is you know film nerds love film noir. Yes. Femme fatale is the most uh visible female type in that um very highly regarded uh genre so i guess but i'm 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 talking myself into it making sense that the quintessential femme fatale makes the list
2: i'm just hoping there's someone shouting at their radio right now or shouting at like no no you're missing this movie like there's got to be some performance that we're missing or there's got to be some
0: the lady eve is one that a lot of people talk about and Mm -hmm. me john doe uh, but I haven't seen either one of them. I think Double Indemnity is the only film of hers I have seen.
2: I have seen Meet John Doe, but I was very young. I don't okay. remember it. Uh,
0: I will say, so here's, I guess I'll talk about Double Indemnity. Um, Do it. Uh, you know, the the top the, the, the top three actors in that film are all wonderful. Uh, I'm a big fan of Edward G. Robinson in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Fred
2: McMurray is a lot of fun. The Happiest Millionaire. <laughs> What what is that from he's he plays oh it's a Disney movie that he's in the happiest it's called the happiest millionaire yeah
0: wow nineteen sixty three I got nothing oh, I know that he right. was the absent minded professor that's all I got
2: right this is very sorry that's way too obscure to even live oh, Go boy. Ahead. um <laughs> I love live action Disney movies from a certain era snowball so. express oh no, I failed you yet all again right.
0: <laughs> all right well, David, you're not going anywhere <laughs> don't you worry <laughs> um <laughs> There's a moment in maybe the reason that as a femme fatale, maybe the reason that Phyllis Dietrichson uh, rises to the top is because she doesn't come like strolling into somebody's office. She is very much like this spider woman who just pulls him in and she is controlling everything from the word go. It's not that she has like, uh, she, she has a, you know, bad intentions. It's that she is planning everything and manipulating everyone, and there's this wonderful moment. It, to me, it's like the it is the the essential moment of her character. It's at the end of the film where she and uh, and why? Oh my gosh, I can't remember Fred McMurray's name.
2: I don't remember either. Oh, that I bothers remember me so characters. much. Walter Neff. Walter
0: Neff. Uh. Um, There's yeah. a moment when she and Walter are talking, and uh, it's at the it's towards the end of the movie, and she's had it. She doesn't want Walter Neff around anymore and she's got a cigarette in her hand and she just disposes of it. She just like throws it and she throws it with like, she has such a disgusted look on her face and she throws it so definitively away that, you know, like she's going to murder this man. There's no question about it. She's, she's done with him being alive. And in that moment, like that is like the ultimate femme fatale move. Never mind the terrible wig that she's wearing. Uh, she is really scary in that moment Mm. and so strong. Like she was nominated for an Oscar for that. And that's such a rare thing. First off that there, that a femme fatale would be considered a co-lead, but also that she would be so strong that easily as strong, if not stronger than Fred McMurray in Mm. the, in the film. So it's, and I feel bad that this is the only, performance of hers that I can talk about. So listeners, I do apologize we if you our
2: homework cut yeah. out for us. Yeah.
0: If you submitted her, uh, feel free in the comments, uh, to talk about uh, some of your favorite performances of hers. Um, we will now move on and we'll move on to somebody that, uh, let me make sure I've got this right. Yeah. Somebody that I assumed was going to be number one, somebody that was number one by a wide margin for a long time. And that is Catherine Hepburn
1: sitting comfortably at number three. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a great rank. That's a very respectable place for her to be.
0: It is, and yet somehow I assumed, as a number of our listeners did assume, that she would be number one, and she was. Again, she was a number one for a very long time, and then in the last week, what is currently number two and uh, number two and one, uh, just shot up, and it was, it really surprised me. Um, and I wonder if maybe it's just. I don't think anybody's voting against Catherine Hepburn. I think everybody acknowledges she's kind of amazing, but I think uh I think people would say like, yeah, I think we all know what to expect from expect from Catherine Hepburn. She's delightful, she's classy. She's not that remarkably different from one film to another, but at the same time who cares? She's still it's she's like Cary Grant in that way.
1: Yeah. Um I think She is very much like Cary Grant. That's a good yeah. comparison. Um not just cuz they're both in the Philadelphia story, but um I mean I think Catherine Hepburn is thought of as one of the grand dames of the history of American mm-hmm. acting, but is, um, also, uh, I would say maybe even first and foremost was a comedic actress. Yeah. Um, I very mean, I, funny. Yeah. I, I think of the two movies that leap to mind for, uh, for me are bringing up baby in the Philadelphia story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also summertime, which is about 15 years after yeah. that, but, um, is, uh, maybe even longer, but, um, is also a, uh, a comedy of sorts, right? Of sorts. Um, it's a more, there's a melancholy to it. it. Yeah. It's a, yeah, a more slice of life type of movie, I guess yeah. maybe, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I guess that's what I'm What I'm saying, the comparison with Cary Grant is that he, um, he never seemed to take himself too seriously on screen. He was always, there's yeah. always a buoyance buoyancy, uh, to him, uh, as well.
0: Yeah. I think as she, I, I think as she got older, she came to be seen as more respectable. But when she was Assuming younger, she was the like line zany. of Winter
1: is. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Not having been around at the time, I don't know where the turning point is in my mind. The line of Lion of Winter represents a sort of turning point from like the comedic actress to the more serious actress. But I don't know if there was stuff before that that I'm just unaware of.
0: Or what. I'm sure there was. I'm sure it was. It was over the course of of the the 50s and and early 60s and stuff. But uh, I, mean, I
1: guess guess who's coming to Guess Who's Coming to Dinner is before Lion in Winter.
0: Yeah. But that's still seen as comedic in yeah, some okay. ways. Um, it's not very good, that movie. Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? Yeah. It's, it's
1: like it's a movie, one of those movies that's like important, but it's, yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. It's made up of a lot of really good performances. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but uh, but then I, I forget, like, yeah, she was around for a long time. I I forget that she was, you know, she acted in movies in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um
2: Very long career. Yeah.
0: yeah, and just and she was in uh uh on Golden Pond. I yeah, remember liking her in On Golden Pond. Uh, I
1: rewatched that a couple years ago, um on, on Blu-ray. That's a really good movie.
0: Um uh, Amanda, your thoughts on Catherine Hepburn? The African Queen. Sorry. That's oh yeah, that's right. Oh, I love that's the African so Queen. Great. That
2: is a great movie. Um yeah, she's one of those people that's been in so many movies that everyone has seen, I think, that mm. uh sometimes I even forget about her a little bit. I know that she is such Uh, sort of an iconic wit, very Mm -hmm. sarcastic, very filled personality. And that's something that she brings to all of her roles. Um, I think that she has a very nice, tough shell with a very fragile interior that Mm -hmm. uh, she manages to play both sides of that very well.
0: Yeah, that's, yeah, that's,
2: uh, it's not quite range, but I don't think it's necessary. And I think especially uh, actresses, during her t- like the time that she was most active in, yeah. you know, African Queen before that, um, I think that you wanted to see a little bit, like kind of what you talking about, Luke Cary Grant, like you wanted to see sort of the same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You wanted to know what to expect from someone. And I think that she does that without becoming tiresome in any way.
0: Yeah. And I think her on-screen persona, not, per- I mean, that's probably just yeah. who she is in general, but like, it's surprisingly malleable she can be, like, in screwball comedies and then go play, you know, the Queen of England. Uh, a lot of these people played queens, I've noticed, the uh, <laughs> thing that I'm repeating over and over. Um, you know, and and not really do anything that different. And I think it's because, I think she can bring a fair amount of weight to a screwball comedy and a fair amount of comedy to the Queen of England. You know, she's very, and I think I think one of the reasons that that might be is because she exudes intelligence. mm mm-hmm. All the time, even when she's being kind of like in bringing up baby, she just kind of messes things up a lot of the time it really makes uh Carrie grant's life uh a living hell for a moment um but uh but I think even in those moments it's almost like it's almost like she's ahead of everybody else in the world and she's just kind of bored and so she'll just mess with things and make things worse but I think she's just uh she's always i think at least the intellectual equal of whoever she's on screen with
2: yeah she's nobody's fool and yeah. i think that she would only play roles of intelligence yeah
1: is she the only person on this list to have been portrayed by someone else on this list i had that
0: exact thought <laughs> and uh i think it's possible unless, um,
1: unless you count people who have played themselves in which sure that opens up a whole bunch um but yeah kate Cap- blanchett and the aviator
0: yeah all right very number two Number two, this surprised me. I didn't think this actress was going to be anywhere near this list, not because she's bad, but because she just does not occur to me, and that's Ingrid Bergman. Oh,
2: Ingrid Bergman. She's so great.
0: But she is...
2: That's a Wilco song, sorry.
0: Um,
2: (laughs) That's an actual one.
1: (laughs) She is the female lead in what is largely considered the second or third best movie of all time, Casablanca. Like, this is... Going back to what I keep coming back to, that it doesn't necessarily take our listeners being familiar with a huge body of work. that English. Yeah. Birdman didn't have a huge body of work, yeah. Um, and not that our, plenty of our listeners aren't aren't familiar with it. I don't think that's necessarily what got her on the list. I think, um, like Barbara Stammek and in Double Identity, Dem- Indemnity, she's uh, fantastic and highly associated with fantastic in highly associated with one of the greatest movies of all time. Mm-hmm.
0: And I will say this, that I did recently, for my Hitchcock class, I did recently rewatch Notorious. Mm. And that is a movie that, that film nerds do like, uh, if not love, as they should. It's a marvelous film. And she is marvelous in it. Mm. Um, yes, I think maybe my favorite character and my favorite performance in it is Claude Rains. Uh, but she is this uh, a very, a very unusual character for almost any movie where she is self-destructive, Um she seems to come from a place of deep shame because her father was a Nazi and she is not. And so I think she tries to move away from that. And I think she by her own admission makes a lot of bad choices, uh, and then decides to get involved in this spy thing sort of a way as a way of, of, I don't know, redeeming herself, even though she's done absolutely nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, But I think she's also an incredibly lonely character and wants to be involved with, you know, I think she does love Cary Grant, but I think she also finds herself with a certain degree of fondness for Claude Rains. Because I think she just, and one could say that there's probably some father issues there, uh, but she plays all of these notes and... There's a real sadness there, but also she's a very feisty character and again a very smart character and I don't know what one of the more complex characters from that era that I've ever seen. And certainly in Hitchcock movies where the women are are interesting. Mm. <laughs> and and are and are very and can and can be very complex, but usually not to this degree. And so blonde, and so yeah. That's I guess she's not a blonde in the film she, either. So the one of the few. Um, but yeah. So and then um, I have a so, shoot one of the, one of the movies that she won an Oscar for was in 1974, I think. I
1: knew you for up, yeah. the
0: murder for a murder on the Orient Express mm-hmm. for supporting actress, and she's a delight in that, in which she almost. She almost seems to recognize that. So I've got this German accent. I'm just going to play that for comedy. Right. (laughs) And she she does. And it's delightful. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think those are those might be the only the the big three that I'm familiar with.
2: Um, I definitely know her best for this smaller film called The End of the Sixth Happiness. I
0: haven't seen that,
2: but I. I've seen it many times. It was one of the random VHSs we had as a child. And. Uh, She plays a missionary who goes to China and ends up saving an entire village of children during the war. And uh, she is, in all of her roles, I think has a certain goodness to her that is not all the surface of a lot of other performance, a lot of other actors. She has a very wholesome essential quality that is delightful to watch, I think, and very honest and comes across as very um not naive, but I think very authentic and um gentle. A lot of lot of descriptions there. But I think that she just turns in such reliably wonderful performances and there's something very uh emotive about her as well.
0: And I guess we haven't actually talked about her in Casablanca. Um <laughs> The, the thing that I, when I, when I look at uh, Ilsa in that film, I do see, as I was talking about with uh, uh, Juliette Binoche, um, there's a real sadness to her yeah. character because she doesn't seem to, she doesn't seem to really love the guy she's with, but she seems to be making a certain sacrifice for the larger good, which means that she's never going to be a hundred percent happy. I admittedly, nobody's a hundred percent happy, but there could always be a little bit of 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 heartbreak in her life because of she's had to make choices that are noble choices, but still in different circumstances, she would not have made them. And I feel like there, there's a, a real tragic element to her character mm-hmm. in the film.
1: There's something else that she's called upon to do, which is completely, um, unfortunately, probably not, uh, at all a foreign concept to actresses. Mm-hmm. Um, but in addition to being a character, she also has to be, a symbol she has to represent something for right. Bogart's character yeah. uh, and she fulfills that that requirement while also being like you're saying yeah. a, a full character uh on her own uh it's you know like i said it's unfortunate that so often that's um what um female leading or co-leading uh roles call for uh in hollywood history but uh at least she did it did it really well <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it's still it's still a well written character and a very specific character, and I think she ta- she latches on to whatever specificity is there and enhances it with, with her performance. Um All right. All number right, one. Go. I'm not gonna say it until you stop. <laughs> Meryl Streep. Yeah. Which uh I guess I assumed she was gonna be number two or three with Catherine Hepburn at number one. Um, but I, I figured it was going to be one of those two. Um, yeah, Meryl Streep, what can you say?
2: What's your favorite Meryl Streep performance? And that's impossible to David, say. Same question. I have one. Okay, like, I ahead. don't want to go first, though. So. Uh,
0: I do love her in Ironweed. i
2: hmm. not seen that.
0: Yeah, not many people have. I, I, read, I read the book. Uh, yeah, that's right, you did. And, and when you talked about it, it sounded so much better than the movie, which it probably was. <laughs> um, yeah, the movie is is good. It's her and Jack Nicholson, and uh, and it's one of the movies that she was uh, Oscar nominated for. Not that that's that's not very specific, unfortunately, uh, or actually very fortunately. Um, yeah, she plays uh, uh, this this woman who is uh, homeless in the nineteen thirties, and she is uh, I think a former singer, and she's a an ap- She's absolutely a drunk, um, but she is also trying to remain dignified, and uh, it's a it's a really Heartbreaking performance and one that, yes, she's putting on a very specific type of voice. and But she it's more about how she carries herself that uh, that is very, very effective.
1: Now, when you said Iron Weed, when you got Iron Out, do you think our listeners clutched their pearls and thought you were going to say the Iron Lady
0: was your favorite Meryl <laughs> Streep performance? They might, although I, I don't That's... think I drew it out quite that much. I think my favorite performance of <laughs> is hers is Iron Weed. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, yeah. Though she is very good in The Iron Lady. It's not that good of a movie, but she's very good in it.
1: Um, here's what I'm going to say. For favorite performance, I'm going to pick a movie that Hot Take, I think, is actually a little bit overrated. Okay. Uh, which is Adaptation. Yeah. Oh. I don't think that movie's all that great, but I think she's terrific in it. Um, because she's... Um, I mean, I, I guess... I... What I'm going to say is so basic. It's so almost like the basic definition of what acting is.
2: I'm listening. But
1: <laughs> I don't mean basic, like, you know, I wear cargo shorts and go on like
0: cruises or whatever. We're heading um, in that direction, so keep going. <laughs> um, you know, a movie what? I like is The Shawshank Redemption. <laughs>
2: that, that's number a pretty one basic of all movie.
1: time. <laughs> um, I do like that movie just fine. It's anyway. meant to be
0: liked. Um,
1: Okay, now what I'm going to say is so much, it's like the definition of what acting is supposed to do, but she does it, she boils acting down to its essence, and the performance and adaptation is just such an empathetic one. I guess that's all that I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. It's so simple. That's what acting is supposed to do, it's supposed to be about, is it, empathy. Um, but I couldn't be more unlike uh, Susan Orlean, uh, real or fictional version, um, but I feel so swept up in her journey and what she goes through uh, in the movie. And when she gets high is like well, the best scene in the movie. I think, uh, honestly, I think that's the best part of the movie. Um, uh, yeah. I, I it's, I, I don't know how this is just going to peter out.
2: <laughs> um, well, I think my favorite performance of hers personally is Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah. She plays somewhat of a villain, you could say. And, yet does it in such a way where that empathy really does shine through and you can eventually come to see her under like her understanding of the situation and the ways in which she reacted to having to leaving her child and her husband and leaving him behind Dustin Hoffman amazing performance um but she is the person you think about throughout the film still and i have always loved that performance of hers uh, a recent performance I really loved was August Osage County mm-hmm. um, as the drunk, high, crazy matriarch of the family, hell bent on destroying what little happiness anyone has left. She I would say that's amazing. another
1: great performance in a not very good movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, you know, what's interesting about Kramer versus Kramer and adaptation is that she is, she's not putting on a voice. Mm-hmm. She's not, which were she to do so, she would do it wonderfully. Yes. Obvi- uh, no question. But, uh, but yeah, when she's, when she's even without all the, one could say, ornamentation, she's still incredibly compelling.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so that said, I feel almost bad about the, what I'm about to say. Um, I love her as Julia Child uh, oh, in, in Julia and Julia. Um, again, movie not that great. I, she's
2: often... I just wish that movie had been about her. Like, it should have just been about Julia Child.
0: Well, and that's the thing is... I have a certain empathy with Julie. Um, that just, wig. Oof. Right. Yeah. I wear wigs. Yeah. I wear um, wigs. So. But uh, <laughs> it's just kind of how I feel like I can express myself. Um, but yeah, she's a, you know, a, a blogger who's trying to make, use this thing to make sense of her life. It's like, okay, I can, I can relate to that. But at the same time, yes, uh, Julia is so, you know, she takes. Magnetic.
2: Uh, like, yeah. Oh, just incredible to watch.
0: And there have been, you know, there are performances not uh, of other actors where they're putting on a, a voice or something like that, and it just takes me out. I just see like, okay, they're doing a voice, and that's their whole performance. But that's not her. Like she, she starts from the inside and works her way out. It's not for me, and not unlike uh, when Philip Singer Hoffman played Truman Capote, he started from the inside, created a whole character, and then said, "Oh wait, I guess he does talk like this." And I feel like that's what she does with with Julia Child, and I think it's what she does with uh, Margaret Thatcher in The Iron Lady. Again, not that good of a movie, but she is really great.
1: Where do you? I watched um in a I watched a bunch of uh, in a hotel room just this past weekend. Uh, I watched a bunch of uh, The Devil Wears Prada.
2: Mm.
1: Where do you guys fall on that movie?
2: I love it. It's, I great. it's I fun have not to watch. Seen it. Oh, it's so fun. My wife loves it. It's really fun. I don't
1: think I. I don't think I think it's a very good movie overall, but um, it's
2: not going to win any awards. But it's fun to watch. Though it was
1: nominated for one for actress, um, for her. Yep, yeah, she yeah, she is great in it. I do think the movie though, um, anytime it leaves the office and goes to like Anne Hathaway's like home life and her friends. No,
2: that's boring. Yeah.
1: It's it's boring and it's like...
2: Not very well written, no. It,
1: but it also seems, and we're getting off topic here, but it seems like those things are like, well, we gotta have her have some conflict with her. Like, why can't the conflict just be internal? In fact, it already is. There's already plenty of a good movie of Anne Hathaway's No no, Anne Hathaway versus Anne Hathaway uh, conflict.
2: The interior life of women is not interesting enough to people. Don't you know this? (laughs) It it has to revolve around a man and losing a man. Yeah, because
1: every time Adrian Grenier is like whining about her having to do her job or like she doesn't want to eat the expensive grilled cheese that he made, it's like let's get back to the office. Let's just have.
2: Speaking of getting back to the office, (laughs) we would be remiss not to mention. Out of Africa, one of the finest films and one of her very, do not start with me, one of her very finest performances.
0: Tyler gave a look. You get Robert Redford out of there and I'm on board with you.
2: Do not get him out of anywhere. He can, he can stay. Mm. Oh dear. Let us not dismiss one of another great actor with a, hmm.
0: In the right role he's a wonderful actor. As I do someone not who's think
2: emotionally distant and always like, she's always chasing him and he's never there. Like he's perfect. He's gone the whole movie. It, it's beautiful.
0: I do not. Uh, I do not buy him in that movie.
2: Oh dear. Well, I've read all I like all him the in the sting. I like him in. Oh, okay. Isaac Dennison wrote and like all the books about that era. I really love that. Like, Era of this sounds terrible, but like colonialized kind of Africa and the people that were settling there and the people that were explorers there. And I find that whole thing very fascinating. But
0: I do like that movie. And oh, she is, of course, wonderful. Like, in
2: it. as she's sort of this pioneer who, again, is stuck in this unhappy marriage and trying to like find something, you know, a ha- bit of happiness out of it and trying to make her way. And again, incredible accent really disappears into yeah. the Danish.
0: Yeah. And it's a very, such a specific kind of accent
2: that's what she does best though is specificity like she she hangs her hat on that you know
0: so here's what i'm gonna do okay because of who she is i'm gonna start i'm not gonna go literally one by one but i'm just gonna start at florence foster jenkins which i thought she was great in okay um I do think it's Hugh Grant's movie, but I think she's great in it. Um, and I'm going to work my way backwards it's
2: Hugh Grant's world. We're just living in it.
0: Nah, that right. might actually be true. Um, Notting Hill. Come on. Uh, I didn't see Ricky in the flash, cloud but it sounded Atlas. great. Oh yeah. He is in cloud Atlas. That's right. A bunch, a bunch, a bunch of him. In cloud Atlas. I didn't true. see Ricky in the flash. It looks good to me. It I bet she's good. very good. Yep. Um, she's briefly in the homesman mm-hmm. and if she is, okay. uh, she is wonderful in that scene. um, I'm not a fan of Into the Woods, but I think – and I I don't think she necessarily should have been nominated, but she she creates a really – she crafts a really good character. Um, I did not see August Osage County. I didn't see Hope Springs. Hope Springs is great. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it might be. Um, did you see, see Hope Springs?
2: I saw Hope Floats.
0: It's basically <laughs> Bad the same. joke. Um,
2: not even a joke.
0: She does a wonderful voice in uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I don't like It's Complicated – but and and I I feel like that's not her fault though.
2: That's not her fault. And
0: yeah. there there comes a wonderful moment when, it, I think like I think it's the best moment of the film. And I wish the rest of the film had been had lived up to this moment when she's talking to her ex husband and talking about like you know when you cheated on me, it allowed me to fe- it allowed me to ignore anything that I might have been doing wrong. Like that's the ultimate sin, and it and it makes everything that I'm doing fine. And that re- moment of realization, she really sells it. And it's like, that's operating at a level of maturity on a writing standpoint that the rest of the film does not, uh, does mm-hmm. not do. Mm-hmm. Um, Julian, Julia, uh, I didn't see Mamma Mia. Is she good at Mama Mia?
2: I don't I watch see? musicals, so okay. I don't know.
0: <laughs> she is marvelous in doubt. I love, I don't necessarily love that movie. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm but she is again doing a very a very specific type of uh, of accent and playing a uh, sort of she is kind of a character actress i would say mm-hmm. but at the same time her her part in Kramer versus Kramer is not a character role nor in adaptation so I don't know. It's a, she's she's such a fascinating complicated actress.
2: It's almost like she's number 1, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. One could say that. In fact, a number <laughs> of people could say that. Are we going are we going to
1: zoom through the rest of these cuz Uh this is going this will take us all day. this yeah, is this that's is true. an episode. Yeah, that's true.
0: Uh, I don't know why you started doing this back. I like in, I, you I you and I you and I d- do not like lions for lambs. No, but she's good. But she's great in it. A Prairie like Home Companion. Prim- yeah. She's fantastic.
1: Devil Wears Prada. We talked about. She's great in Manchurian Candidate. Manchurian Candidate remake. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A movie that is actually pretty good. It is actually. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, and then I'm trying to think if there's any others that jump out at me. Um, well, we mentioned adaptation already. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, she's oh. she's a lot of fun in Death Becomes Her. The Bridges of Madison County, you know. oh, wow. which I never saw, but I, I heard she was very good on that. I like that movie a lot. Um, yeah, it's and if you just keep going back further and further, like she just turns in. One this is one, this movie Ironweed. Uh, I've heard good things about that one. And here's the so thing,
1: cool. oddly yeah. enough, oh, The French Lieutenant's Woman—that's a good movie.
0: Is that what Jeremy Irons? Yeah, I've actually not seen it.
1: I don't know if you know the premise of the movie, but she plays and uh, she and Jeremy Irons play an actor and actress who were making a movie called the French Lieutenant's woman. But then it's also the movie.
0: Oh, so it I didn't know it was that. That's yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah. It was a really cool movie.
0: Now, none of us has mentioned Sophie's choice. I've not seen it.
2: I've not seen it either.
1: I've never seen it. You know what? That, I had to uh, choose at one point between Sophie's choice and Kramer versus Kramer. And I watched Kramer versus Kramer. <laughs> oh
0: boy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's weird that that is for a long time. And that's, that was the film that she had won lead actress for and for a long time that was the only one well, she was
2: known for, yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's odd that uh and I've seen clips from it. Yeah. Definitely again, heard she's... a
2: lot about her performance in yeah. it.
0: Again, she's doing a very specific uh uh accent. Mm-hmm. And also, again, just I was watching uh some old Siskel and Ebert episodes where they are talking about her performance in that film and just talking about like the 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 shame that she displays because of course what she has to do she mm-hmm. has to make a choice david and it's uh, not a good one um but yeah it's crazy that uh it's crazy that her in many ways for a lot of people her defining performance is one that none of us have seen and yet we can still talk <laughs> for m- like 20 minutes yep. about how marvelous an actress she is
2: do well, we want to briefly mention any notable people that did not make the list
1: yeah, well, I'll mention um, Rachel Vice uh, yes, was on was my one. on my list
2: of nominees. Helen Mirren. Helen
0: Mirren is one that that uh, that I was surprised did not make the list.
2: Judy Garland, I would say.
0: Hmm. I haven't seen enough Judy. I, 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 like I like her. In I like her
2: iconic performances, though.
0: Come yeah. on. Yeah, and um, I like her in Judgment of Nuremberg.
1: I'm now drawing a blank on who, who else was on my list that didn't make it my my personal
2: list.
0: As I'll say this, as somebody, I had Gina Rollins. Yeah. I had Gong Li. Okay. So far, so good. We, we covered those. Um, I'm trying to remember
1: who I voted for that didn't make it besides racial Vice.
0: So I don't have the whole list in front of me of the, of, of the submissions, but I will say that there's a few things. A shocking number of people, well, sorry, uh, a shocking lack of number of people uh, uh, submitted um, Marlena Dietrich. Like she was a very iconic person, a uh, very iconic actress, and for film nerds, you would think she would be. I just bigger. think her
2: films are just not. There's no one standout film, I think, and there's no the films just aren't known of enough.
0: I guess so. I don't know. She's it, someone
2: people talk about. She's not someone people still watch movies of.
0: Maybe people think of her more as just a general icon mm-hmm. than a specific actor. Same I'd with say Marilyn so with Monroe. Like
2: Greta Garbo, same sure. thing. Mm-hmm. Like you know who she is. You've never yeah. seen a Greta Garbo movie um may west it's hard to pin a specific movie to. yeah she was
0: just a general yeah like a personality but she yes she was an actress in specific Mm -hmm. things um i was surprised it wasn't there wasn't a lot for lauren mccall yeah um (sighs) julia roberts is a movie star and she's like one of the biggest movie stars ever and i don't think anybody submitted her
2: Hmm. that's so interesting
0: yeah um, I personally am a big fan of Annette Benning. Uh, I can understand oh, why, one, yeah. why I think one or two people submitted her at a very low point level, but, um, but I don't know. I feel like I'm she's, man, okay, she's so I
1: mentioned Rachel Vice and Madeline Kahn was the other one that, mm-hmm. that I couldn't really They got left off. Um, we had a conversation, we had a fraction of a conversation before we started recording about like young actresses who like, maybe haven't made the, if we did this list in another 10 years, maybe would be on there. Yeah. Uh, and I suggested Rooney Mara.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think that's, that's about right. Cause I, 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 for a moment I was worried that like, uh, you know, girl with the dragon tattoo might be this little fluke and that she would never be fully, she would never be well utilized after that. Yeah. That uh, but of happen. course she's marvelous in Carol, uh, co-lead by the way, if anything, she's the lead. If anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But um, uh, now I will say one thing and I don't want to get I don't want uh, to get all social justice warrior because I know, David, that's your place. That's, uh, yeah. But uh, my comfort zone, you know, it is noted. OK, so there was one. African-American on the actors list and it was Denzel Washington. OK, I think that's about right. Uh, if it's if it's going to be anybody, I could see being him. I had a, I had a theory as to why he wouldn't be on the list and i think because he's from a very specific time and he was he was notable for being like the first black like leading man but in movies that were so of their time that i think they're not seen as super relevant anymore
2: no one watches goodbye mr chips every saturday evening anymore
0: you mean uh goodbye mr chips as i think peter o'toole right uh mr tibbs is um, him. Mr.
2: Tibbs. Yeah, um, in the heat
0: of the night is marvelous. Um, I can't remember anything anymore. On your, uh, yeah, it's very late. I'm sorry. Yes,
1: you're thinking there's, there's another one. I think you're. No. There's another one. He plays a teacher.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, um, what to is, Sir with Love. To Sir with to Love. To Sir is with
2: um, Love. The but, amazing um, theme song. Anyway, but
1: in the heat of the night is a very. I think.
0: Uh, yeah. I think that holds up. I don't think that feels d- it, dated. It does, but it's not. It's not one that. We've strayed movie from people, here. Yeah, social sorry.
2: justice mission. Um, Please oh, continue. Okay. It's, it's so, not people
0: that, that it's not a movie that like movie nerds feel the need to see that much, but anyway, okay, we'll, we'll move on. Movie. So the one African-American actress that is on the list and I don't like, I'm not a fan of tokenism or anything like that, but it's no, Viola, I am. Uh, what I am. Are you? Okay. I'm all for it. Um, it's I uh, I don't know. It's odd that it's Viola Davis. It's odd that it's a, a, uh, such a recent actress, but I'm trying to think who else. And it sounds weird. It's like, it's like, all right, let's just start rattling off black actresses, uh, black dresses, David, I'm sure you would enjoy that. Um, Uh I don't know. It's, uh, so it sounds, it sounds so gross to even say that, but I'm trying to think who, who should be included. You know, it's not like Halle Berry is, uh, setting the world on fire. Pam Greer. Pam Greer, maybe. I'm a big fan of Angela Bassett, but she's not a she's not that vital of an actress uh, anymore. I also am a huge fan of Alfred Woodard, but she's also not on anybody's radar. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of who like the high profile ones. are. Whoopi would, would Goldberg, maybe. But
2: Oprah.
0: Oprah, yeah, sure. She was in a was, lot
2: of iconic films. Yeah, she was. She, I don't know if people huge, just
0: don't think of her as an actress. People don't yeah. think
2: of her as an actress, but she is still in movies, and she's still a huge no. champion yeah. of film.
0: Yeah, so it's I. I found myself having a hard time.
2: I can think more of like uh, more recent uh, yeah. black actresses that have made a splash. Zoe Saldana.
0: Like, yeah. Sure. Lupita. Yeah, and I guess that's the thing is, if if we're thinking of recent actresses, then why not go with Viola Davis? I feel like she's probably the most forceful and the most interesting of the bunch. Um, and of course, I, and again, um, I still feel bad talking like this, but. People do talk like this.
1: There are no uh, unless I'm forgetting, on neither of our lists are there any um Latino or Latina right. uh, yeah. uh actors, yeah. which is which is too bad. Um,
0: yeah
1: Elizabeth Pena, off the top of my head. Oh damn a, right. A, a great addition. Or Penelope Cruz.
0: Penelope uh, oh, Cruz. Yeah. Um Yeah, and then on the other side, like Benito del Toro or European,
1: Gabriel which is different. Garcia okay Barnell. I
0: guess. Oh, yeah. I don't know what the different what'd you say?
2: Uh Gabriel Garcia Bernal.
0: Oh. Yeah. Or, uh, or uh, Javier Bardem. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. And, his- uh, and Edgar also, Ramirez? he's European. My I don't goodness. know.
1: Oh, okay. I feel like if I say Latino or Latina, that means South American or Latin American. Mexico I guess. So. on down, right?
0: I guess
2: I just. I, so I think that it's about, Spanish heritage, yeah. but.
0: I, I don't know. I guess. I you defer,
2: should, defer to the SJW in,
0: this, in the room. <laughs> yes, please do. Um, but I'm saying there's not, there's.
1: Penelope Cruz is more, has more in common with. Catherine Deneuve to me because they're European. I mean, so oh, I think
0: I see. And Javier that Bardem. seems that seems wrong, but uh, that's but, uh, okay.
1: but they've both Javier Bardem in particular have played Latin American
2: characters.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
2: I think this is definitely a topic about which we do not know enough. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I, I, we definitely. I'm sure we have Latino and Latina uh, listeners. Oh, and I would <laughs> Like, how do you feel about yeah. lumping in Penelope Cruz? Uh, Does she count? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh boy, oh dear. That's, that's, oh dear. that's pretty tough. Um, but yeah, and so I, I will say that, and, and a few listeners have commented on this, and this might be a, a place to end. But uh, you know, um, because we split this up, I, I find myself wondering if we should have just said fifty actors, fifty actresses. Not so that it'd be more inclusive, but it would it would then mean that rather than people submitting five actors and five actresses, you'd su- you'd be surprised, like when you go from five to 10 submissions, that frees you up a lot to be mm-hmm. a bit more creative. Whereas, whereas when you're limited to five, you kind of feel like, all right, How I should go the with the big stars? ones. yeah. yeah. Um, and so I feel like if I had, if I had done this a different way, the minute I, the the moment I realized, oh, this is going to be split up, this is going to be split in half. I should have decided to make it a top hundred, uh, fifty each. Um, so that's on me. Sorry, everybody. This
1: episode would be five hours long. Next year.
0: That's true. Yes.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Next year, our list should be, What's your 26 through 50? <laughs> well, I guess I could just do that. I could just go
0: to the next, the next few, but I'm not going to. Um,
1: um, but I think this speaks to a couple of things. I think, uh, I mean, I mentioned that we have, uh, you know, um, listeners of various uh, minorities, but, our listeners are mostly white and also mostly male. We know that Yeah, uh, we've done surveys. Yeah. Um,
0: our listeners are so, you and me, David.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's a mix of that and a mix of lack of opportunity over the history of, sure. uh, of cinema um, for, for minorities. Yeah, yeah. There's
2: a reason that it's hard for us to think of a tons of yeah. black actresses that are yeah. you know, working at that level. It's because they haven't historically been given the opportunity and, Things are just yeah. now changing to the point yeah. where that we can think of more recent, but that there's historically mm-hmm. just a lack of that.
0: Yeah, that is, and that's that's something that I more so than you know all this uh, Oscar so white talk. Like doing this, where it covers all of film history, definitely made me realize, like, I mean, especially for black actresses, because like mm-hmm. black actors, you you know, you saw like Will Smith and that sort of thing, and, and uh, several others. Um, but yeah, black actresses, especially, like it's it does seem. Oddly appropriate that it would be Viola Davis because who else? Who else could it be? Um, and that is uh, very unfortunate.
2: Yeah, but, I would hope that in another five or ten years, this list would look a lot different because I think yeah. that's one of the that's one of the first things I said to you was, "Wow, this list is there's yeah. one Asian woman and one."
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, guys, let's make a pact <laughs> to meet back here. In ten years, okay, I'm down. And count uh, down another list.
2: Send me a calendar invite. <laughs> sure, absolutely. All right,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Um, you can find us at BattleshipRetention.com. That's where you can find all the all of our lists. This one, that one, all the past ones we've done. Um, all, there's all sorts of movie reviews. There's all sorts of fun, fun stuff at BattleshipRetention.com. Uh, and you can send us emails um about. All the offensive things that we've said at David at com or Tyler, Tyler at com. You can find our hot takes on Twitter at Davy Pretension and at Tyler Pretension. Um, real quick, Tyler, what's going on at More Than One Lesson
0: this week? Well, uh, let's see. I. Because last week I, I was a few days late on an episode, so there are basically two new episodes available. One is uh, Josh and I talking about West Side Story mm-hmm. uh, as part of our Best of Pictures project, and then uh, another uh, I do I did an interview with uh, with a comedian named uh, Adam Yenser, who's actually remarkably funny and is uh, talks about being a, a Christian in the uh, comedy community, which is not uh, super easy in Los Angeles.
1: Very interesting. Um, my other podcast is about tv it's called hey watch this with paul and david this week is the penultimate episode of the show as we know it because uh paul is moving to arizona so i think paul is putting together essentially a clip package of highlights of the years of us doing the show and we're going to talk a little bit in between Um, so i think that's what's going on but then stay tuned for our final episode so the saying this for Amanda, uh, because i'm sure amanda doesn't listen to it. hey watch this but the idea i is, don't listeners uh, i don't <laughs> it's a it's a homework type podcast where paul and i each week we pick something that's airing that week and we say this is what we want to watch we both have to watch both things when we talk about it. So for our final episode, we're basically doing the same format as every other episode, but we're each picking our favorite series finale in the history of television. Nice. And we're going to talk about that those nice. two episodes. So that'll be in a couple weeks. Uh, check that out. Amanda, where can people find you on the internet?
2: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at AMAE. AMA. And also, I also have a podcast called Two Girls Talking. So you can find that, Club. We talk about all sorts of things.
1: Uh, who's your co-host?
2: Uh, Abigail Schilling.
1: And what do you guys talk about? Just everything?
2: Literally everything. It's the most inane thing you've ever heard. It's nonsensical, but it's I fun. I can't wait. Yes. Sure.
1: Well, thank you so much for spending all this time with us and counting yeah. on this list. Of
2: course. No it problem. It was a blast. It was. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you at home for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye.
2: Bye.